Good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. We've got a good bit to do over the course of the next couple of hours. Start getting me your pats on the ass for the Ravens' performance. I get it. Maybe a tough week. One side of the ball perhaps a little bit more significant than the other side. Rules remain the rules. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. The fifth can be... Whoever you would like, you can have whatever you like. I can't help myself. I always do it. Uh, get me those at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will share them a bit later on in the program and throughout the day on Twitter. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, then try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Also coming up this morning, we will catch up with Kevin Kugler. He was on the call yesterday for the Ravens win on Fox. Get his thoughts on what he saw up close and in person in a... Um, Fourth consecutive victory for the Baltimore Ravens. They improved to 7-3 and three on the year. Later on this morning, we're going to catch up with ESPN's Sean Farnham. Former UCLA player. Now, of course, has been an analyst for some time. He was on the call this weekend as Maryland basketball went up to the Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off and got a couple of really nice wins, both in blowout variety as they defeated St. Louis and Miami on Saturday and Sunday. Admittedly, I did not get to watch much. Of course, I was at the Maryland football game on Saturday. Thanks to those of you that came out and uh, helped us support Sarah's house and donated to uh, A.J. Francis' annual canned food drive. Appreciate that. Also, um, didn't get to watch yesterday because it happened at the exact same time as the Ravens game. So I'm going to be going into this a little bit blind trying to learn exactly what happened. I do know it was a huge weekend for Dante Scott. Yeah, Dante the, Scott. They didn't miss many shots yes, is what happened. I know that those things are true, but we will try to learn a little bit more about the, how the weekend unfolded for the Terps. Um, and then also, of course, it's Monday, so we will catch up with Jeremy Kahn. I think we've got an idea for something we're going to do. Here's the deal, um, and I'll, I'll put it all out on the table. As you might have seen over the weekend, I decided we needed to kickstart this year's Helping Up Mission Holiday Drive. Here's the reality. Like, I had the thought to maybe go out and uh, do some events surrounding the all-time low shows this week, talk to Zach, our buddy from all-time low, and maybe we can still figure out something there, but this is our issue. We are going to be helping Helping Up. We need you to help us help Helping Up. It's just that this year is far different than any other year that we've ever done this. Because for the first time, the folks at Helping Up came to us and said, guys, we are so appreciative for all the clothes that you guys have donated over the last few years. Problem is, we actually have too many. The last couple of years, we got bombarded. Remember, last year, we rolled up with two separate giant trailers worth of clothes. They're like, we, we still have them. Not all of them, of course. A lot of them have already gone to great homes. But it was like, we, we could not... We, it, we don't want to end up having things go to waste or not be used or not make an impact. And so they asked specifically this year if we could focus on a few things. Toiletries. 
bar soap, body lotion, body powder, deodorant, foot powder, razors, shampoo and conditioner, shaving cream, chapstick, and then asked if we could also focus on, you know, underwear. And, of course, as we talked about in the past, when it comes to underwear, you can't donate your underwear. It don't work that way. We need to go out and purchase new underwear, undershirts, underwear, sports bras for the women's shelter, socks, leggings. So... It's not that we don't want to collect things. And if you guys would like to go out and purchase these things in order to donate them, I will find you. I mean, you can bring them out to the next Tyus Bowser show on November 29th. I will move you to the front of the line to meet Tyus Bowser. Um, and his special guest, that'll be next Tuesday, of course. We will be at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. Find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great 8's memorabilia. Brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. We'll see you next Tuesday night for the Tyus Bowser Show, November 29th at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. It's I, I will get them from you. You can bring them here to the studio. I can meet you somewhere if you would prefer to donate items. From this list, and I'm going to be sharing it out in the next day or so. I will make sure that's possible. But I think the reality is going to be this year that we will be better served trying to collect money. And we've done that the last couple of years to bolster what it is that we donated. But this year, I think we're going to focus on that. I just think it's going to be the better way of going about it. Drew and I uh, have a partnership with the Target and White Marsh. They've been great to us, and they make our money go a little bit further when we go over there and spend. So I think that's going to be the plan for how this year's drive is going to go. And I wanted to get that kickstarted over the weekend, so I decided to launch a couple of uh, World Cup draw pools, charity 50-50 World Cup draw pools. Thank you. I was It was a little bit hairy, but we filled up two of them. Um, in each of those World Cup draw pools, the winner is going to get 160 bucks, and our drive is going to get 160 bucks. So already 320 dollars. And then uh, my friend uh, Cotter Venda Jalad, wonderful man, uh, he decided to just go ahead and throw in another 160 bucks for the cause. So we're almost at 500 dollars already. My internal goal for all of this is 3,000 dollars. That's my internal goal. I'd like for us to go past that. But I have a plan for knocking out the next $2,500, which at this point would get us to my internal goal. My plan for the next $2,500 is that later today, I'm going to share the details of this year's helping us, helping up, help us help helping up raffle, where I'm going to ask you to chip in 25 bucks to get your ticket, and we will have 100 spots available in the raffle, and anybody that knows how the math works, 25 spots times $100 or times, sorry, 100 spots times $25. I talk for a living. I'll get there eventually. Would equal $2,500. Our, our prizes this year that we know of so far, we know we have a full-size Ravens helmet that's already autographed by Calais Campbell. We intend 
for it to also be autographed by Tyus Bowser. We know we have now World Series champion, although this, admittedly, this item came from when he was with the Baltimore Orioles, not with the Houston Astros. We know, courtesy of our friends at Grade Eights Memorabilia, and big shout-out to Chris, who has been very supportive of everything that we do with our drive every year, and I am grateful for that. Uh, Chris has also donated a Trey Mancini autographed print, 11 by 17 print. I will go the uh, extra distance. I'll put it in a frame for you if you would like, but we know we have that as well. We are working on a third prize, which would also be an autographed Tyus Bowser item that I'll take care of. But we know what we have so far, and we look forward to you getting in for $25. What we're asking you to do is donate $25 to Helping Up Mission. That's what we're asking. What we're throwing in is that you might end up winning one of these great prizes. But what we're really asking is for 100 of you to step up and donate $25 to Helping Up Mission. And if we get that, we're going to be set. We're going to be there. We're going to raise $3,000, and then that'll be extended by the folks at Target. We are going to be able to go spend an awful lot of money to take care of these toiletries and underwear needs they have at Helping Up Mission. One other thought that I have, and I think I have a couple other friends that might be willing to chip in and, and maybe do some things for us, But Jeremy, of course, is always willing to do a drinking show. If one of you wants to come in and get drunk with Jeremy and I one morning and consume that stupid banana hollandaise thing that we had talked about that Nick Kelly sent us some time ago, because Jeremy also found it recently. If one of you would like to do that one morning during December, I can't do it this week. I just realized it's too much to try to do it this week. But if one of you would like to do that with us one morning in December around the holidays... We will make that happen, but we need you to donate at least 200 bucks. 200 bucks will get you that. Do I get the drink? or On that day? Yeah. Well, somebody's got to be responsible, so we'll see. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Plus, you don't know what kind of booze Jeremy brings in. You don't want it. I promise you. No, no, no. It's not about the strength. It's just disgusting. He'll bring in, like, mayonnaise, vodka no, no, no. or something? He brings in, like, you don't know what Malort is, no. Malort is the single, I, uh, the way that somebody somebody described it to me, uh, it's like drinking a burning tire. Like, that's the type of stuff that Jeremy brings in when we do a drinking show. So, gotcha. Um, we can do it, and I'm willing to do it, but you got to be, somebody's got to donate 200 bucks in order to get that spot. So, that's the deal. That's where we are for the helping up, help, help us help helping up drive. I'll have some more details today. At GlennClarkRadio.com, but we need you to step up. We need you, you, we need you to um, get involved. And I would ask, I don't want to have to do this. I don't have to beg every day. I don't have to waste a lot of time. I don't have to bombard you on social. So please, just get to it. Just go ahead and pledge that you're going to hop in. Um, I'll get you all the details on how you can donate. Um, It's PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, whatever you need to do. Somebody over the weekend was like, can I do Zelle? Yes, we'll make it work via Zelle, and I'll move it over to the account that I need to move it over to. I can handle all of that. Um, there couldn't be, there could not be more ways. I think it's dollar sign Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App. Glenn Clark 180, I believe. I don't know. I'll double, I'll double check. I'll double check on what all these things are. Uh, yeah, Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal or Glenn Clark Radio at gmail.com on PayPal at Glenn Clark on Venmo. Any of those ways for you to get in 
and then um, you can help us help helping up this holiday season. So I appreciate it. Now, all, all that said, let me spend a couple of minutes talking about the Ravens game. I have a column coming today at PressBoxOnline.com. I was not remotely surprised when we started getting calls yesterday post-game on 105.7 The Fan that were calls still about this was embarrassing, people talking as if the Ravens had lost. That's the way that we are. It's in our nature. We expected a game to go a certain way, so when it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the result of the game was. It's, it's kind of a loss anyway because it wasn't what we thought it was going to be. That's not how the NFL works. It's not how organized sports works. It's just how our stupid brains work. It is unreasonable to be frustrated with the performance of the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. If your response to that yesterday was that you're mad about it or you're frustrated, you're an unreasonable person. And maybe you're just an unreasonable person. No, a lot of people are. It won't surprise me if that's simply the answer is that you're an unreasonable person. But it's, I can't get around it. It's unreasonable for you to be angry about it. There are things that you can say that might be more appropriate. If you said, hey, I think the defense was more responsible for, than the offense for this win. I think the performance of the offense was pedestrian. If you wanted to say anything along those lines, that would be reasonable. It would be a reasonable way of describing what happened in the football game. If you want to really try to think about it, it was kind of obvious what was going on yesterday. Given the wind, the absurdity of the wind, and given the opponent, and the Ravens could never say this out loud, they kind of decided to play a certain game. Which doesn't absolve them of any criticism. It doesn't mean that they were perfectly sharp offensively. It's just that it was pretty clear they weren't going to take a lot of risks yesterday. They didn't feel the need to try to ignite their offense at any point. They were willing to play for punts. They were willing to play for field goals. They were willing to... For example, at the end of the first quarter when it was fourth and three, and a lot of Ravens teams in the last four years would have almost certainly said, let's go, let's keep this thing moving, man. They were far more inclined to say, nah, we'll line up and try to draw them off sides, but we're not going to do anything more than that. We know what kind of game we're in. The Ravens decided that they were playing a certain type of game yesterday, and they played the type of football they would need to play in order to make sure they won that game. You probably don't love that. It certainly isn't aesthetically pleasing. It certainly doesn't, for anybody who spent money and came out to a football game, it's not the most exciting brand of football. Even if you were sitting and watching at home, it's not a very exciting brand of football. I I get it. You'd rather be the Kansas City Chiefs. I understand. But it's not reasonable to complain about winning a game in which you were never actually threatened. In which you kind of decided, given your defense against their offense and the conditions, you could play that way and win. 
it was disappointing they couldn't get more going on the ground. Of course, the Panthers do present a decent defensive front. It's one of the few things they have going for them. And the Ravens were still playing without their top two running backs. It was disappointing, too, after Gus Edwards was back at practice last week. Would have been nice to see him on the field. And I don't know how much of a difference that would have made to have Gus Edwards on the field, but I think it would be reasonable to say it would have made some. I don't think that Lamar Jackson was particularly sharp yesterday, but I don't know that the Ravens are doing Lamar Jackson a ton of favors in order to be sharp. This is kind of what it is. I think there's immediate follow-up. Reed and I ended up having a discussion about this because we were kind of getting caught in the minutia. Rita said something like, well, you know, you can't do this and beat the best teams in the AFC. And what I realized what she was saying was you can't score 13 points. And no, specifically, you're probably not going to be able to score 13 points and make a run to the Super Bowl. But I think we're splitting hairs. What the Ravens tried to do yesterday was the thing that we know that they're going to try to do every game. They want to win time of possession. Time of possession is their thing. They want to dominate time of possession. Keep the ball away from the opposing teams. They now feel very strongly about their defense. They want to be a team that wins time of possession. They want it not with the 38-minute number that they had in the previous two games, but still by six and a half minutes yesterday. Time of possession is the thing. Whereas for some teams, it's let's push the ball quickly. Let's make sure we're getting downfield in a hurry and scoring points. The Ravens' thing is we want to have the ball. And yes, in a typical game, they will probably need to score more than 13 points in order to be victorious. Yesterday, they didn't need to do that. Yesterday, it seemed like they decided it wasn't prudent. None of us woke up today saying, man, We feel a lot closer to the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. We feel way better about them being a favorite in the AFC. None of us felt that way when we woke up today because it's a league where we put everything on offense and the quarterback. And I'm not telling you that necessarily even that you should. What I know is that this is the NFL and this is how it works sometimes. Sometimes you just got to play to beat your opponent and then move on. I don't know how everybody in Philadelphia feels about them having to eke out a one-point win against the Colts yesterday. This is the way that football works. A week ago, the Vikings were the talk of the league. Are we suddenly dismissive of them because they got pantsed at home? Sometimes you just need to win. I get it. It wasn't very exciting yesterday. I mean, the defensive performance was outstanding. It wasn't a sexy football game. But it was a win in a game where the Ravens really weren't threatened. At no point would any reasonable person have felt like they were in true danger of losing that football game. Put it in the win column, move forward. Do they need to score more points? Yes, but this is the outlier. They were a top five scoring offense in the NFL coming into this one. This is the outlier. This isn't who the Ravens are. The evidence is they can score plenty of points. 
Yesterday, they didn't feel like they needed to. They didn't push to prioritize it. They played a certain type of game, and they won. This man was on the call for yesterday's game for Fox. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mr. Kevin Kugler, who's back with us now here on GCR. Kevin, it's Glenn and Griffin in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking the time for us. Hope you've thawed out from uh, spending a Sunday in our city. It was a little crisp yesterday. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. The wind was uh, was howling, and and I was listening to you, Glenn, talk about the game plan for yesterday, and and you know, no, don't need to push the panic button. It's a win. And I really do think that wind, we talked about it on the air, that wind really played a major role in how both of these coaches and coordinators managed this game yesterday. I, and I think that's why you saw the score the way you did. I, I completely agree. I, and I, I, think, I don't think the, the Ravens would ever say it. Not even bother poking around too much about it because it feels like you'd be almost talking down to your opponent. But there were a number of times during yesterday's game where I just got that feeling of, the Ravens knew what they were up against between the wind and the way their defense has been playing and, frankly, the fact that it's the Panthers and Baker Mayfield on the other side. It just felt like internally they said, I, I, I keep coming back to like fourth and three, which the Ravens in this era of football, they're the team that goes for it. They're the team that says, you know, hell, hell yeah, coach, let's go do it at the end of the first quarter, beginning of the second. And they weren't doing that yesterday. They just sort of seemed like they were saying, we just want to win the football game. We don't want to take any risk whatsoever that could invite this other team into this game because we don't think we need to. We think we can go win it doing the way, doing it this way. I don't think they ever thought, and once they were, it was clear that they had shut down Deontay Foreman. Once they recognized that he wasn't going to hurt them on the ground, I. Oh, Kevin, did we lose you? I think we lost Kevin. We'll try to get Kevin Kugler back. Kevin Kugler, of course, was on the call for yesterday's game on Fox. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Ginsugrills.com is the website. Get your order in. You can save $100 when you use the code TAILGATE at Ginsugrills.com. Let's try to bring that back in, Kevin Kugler. Uh, Kevin, like you were saying, once they figured out they could shut down Deontay Foreman, they, they kind of had control and they knew what they could do from that point. Mm, apologies we will get oh kevin i'm sorry i'm so sorry this one might be on us technology sometimes fails us i apologize profusely can you kevin you there i am here you got me apologies yes we got you (laughs) good man no like you were saying once they could shut down deontay foreman what, what were the panthers going to present at that point well, and, and that was the game plan. It was clear. Once they, saw, once they saw they weren't going to allow him to run the football in any way, shape, or form, the Ravens said, look, Baker Mayfield, if you can drive in this wind 90 yards throwing the football, tip your cap, we, you, you win the game. If you can do that consistently and you win, all right, well, kudos to you. But they didn't think he could do that. And it was very clear that the Panthers weren't going to try to do that. Their game plan was reminiscent of P.J. Walker's first start in Los Angeles a few weeks ago. Very conservative game plan, not because of the weather that day, but because of the newness of P.J. Walker in the lineup. They certainly didn't make it conservative because Baker didn't know what to do, but the wind really changed how they wanted to call that game. And they, once they couldn't run, it was all but over. Yeah, correct. No doubt about it. And Kevin, I say all these things not to say that, like, 
you know, I, I think the Ravens, if the there ha- it hadn't been windy and if they were playing somebody else, it would have been a guarantee that they could have done whatever they wanted to do at will offensively. Like, I do... I, I am realistic that I, I think that there is a limit to what they're capable of doing offensively because of their personnel, because of their style, but we, we continue to see what this defense is doing right now. It feels like, in uh, on the whole, the Ravens have settled into what kind of football team they want to be. We don't know whether or not that ultimately will be enough to beat the Chiefs or the Bills in the playoffs because we can't play those games until we get to the playoffs, but it seems like they know what they want to be, and they're doing it fairly well. It's 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 something that not every team can say. Even ten games into a season, is what are we right now? Well, the Ravens know what they are. They are a capable offense and a potentially really good defense. I won't say great defense because Baltimore fans have seen great defense before. Baltimore fans know great defense. They've lived great defense. I don't think this defense is great yet. I do think it has the potential to be very very good. And I think you can see Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen together are a pretty formidable duo yeah. at that linebacker core. You sprinkle Justin Houston and the production he's had in. All of a sudden, that's a lot of damage that can be done from one position group in that defense. I, I love what Roquan Smith is going to become with this Ravens team, and, and his presence elevates Queen even more. I, I thought yesterday Queen was great, in part because Roquan Smith got so much attention. Oh, there's no question about it. I, I thought that Queen might have been the best player on the field yesterday, and, and you're 100% right about that. Having Being able to move Patrick Queen back to that weak side spot with the presence of Roquan Smith has truly changed everything. Uh, Kevin Kugler is with us here on GCR. He was on the call yesterday for Ravens-Panthers on Fox. Kevin, going back to the offensive side of things, um, again, I, I don't know how to explain it. It still seemed like Lamar, even in the context of what I'm saying, was a little indecisive at times yesterday. We saw him for the first couple of weeks of the season look like the best quarterback in football, and the last few weeks, it's not that he's been bad by any stretch of the imagination, just sort of not at that insane standard. What did you think of the way that he performed yesterday? And I don't know, the the trajectory for where he is, obviously with the backdrop of him still not having his long-term deal. Yeah, and I I think... Uh, it was weird. I don't, I'm not a big, you know, let's speculate on this or that on the air guy. That's not necessarily my forte, and it's not necessarily where I need to be. But I did watch that game yesterday with the backdrop of Lamar was sick Friday. Right. He was not feeling well at all on Friday. And there were times yesterday where I thought, he still doesn't look like he feels great. You know, there's, there's just a, he does things that, not, that normal humans cannot do at times during games. And I didn't necessarily see that from him yesterday. I thought he was very efficient. I thought he did what he needed to do. And that was, I mean, if you had a headline of that game yesterday, it was did what they needed to do. That was really just sort of the entire feel of that. Maybe we saw somebody stepping into the role that Rashad Bateman is leaving. Maybe Demarcus Robinson yep. is becoming that guy. Maybe that's one thing we learned yesterday about this Ravens offense. And if that's the case, that's a real good thing because there needs to be somebody with that. Getting Mark Andrews back and back into the mix certainly is a good thing for the Ravens moving forward because clearly Lamar Jackson is incredibly comfortable with Mark Andrews in the passing game. But there just didn't need to be a whole lot else yesterday. And and I really, I I look at him, he didn't feel great on Friday, didn't feel good enough to practice at all. We talked with him on Saturday. He said he was fine, but he was a little bit reserved even at that point. And then, you know, the game yesterday, dictated by the weather and dictated by the opponent, I think it was sort of a, let's get this thing done, 
let's win this game and let's just check it off the, the list. It's a box to check, and we move on. We're seven and three, and we'll get ready for the next one. Do you have a look? It's going to be a while. The Ravens don't. They have one more game on the regular season schedule. I know you guys have talked about this. That at the moment is against a team with a winning record. Do you get the sense that this is a team that has the opportunity? to go on a, a, a run here that no matter – I think we know this in sports, Kevin. You caught an awful lot of sports. You I mean, you caught basically everything. That sometimes your record is as important as what you actually were, like in the way that you built, and that momentum thing. It just feels like right now the Ravens, they've already won four straight. They've got a lot in front of them. I don't want to be completely dismissive of the Jacksonvilles, the Atlantas, the Pittsburghs of the world – but they have this opportunity to maybe go on the type of run that carries some serious momentum into the postseason. I mean, look, we could be at the end of this year talking about a 12-5 and Ravens team and really not know exactly what this Ravens team is going to be when they get into the playoffs because the way the schedule stacks up for them down the stretch. Yeah, they could go on a great run. And I do think momentum is a huge deal, especially for a team that last year had such a great start and then faded down the stretch. Right. I asked Lamar about that the other day. I said, do you guys ever talk about that? He goes, no, it never comes up. It's not a thing. But I know I've read comments across the course of this year from guys like Mark Andrews. They look, we started 8-3 and three last year, and we didn't get to the playoffs. We know what it means to have a fast start. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's all about the finish. And that's where this stretch can really help them because they have a chance for a good finish something they didn't have last year when they missed the playoffs after that eight and three start. So I'm, I'm excited to see what this team can do. I really think the momentum that they gain in the second half of the season can be real as they go into the playoffs. Do you have a feel yet for how they stack up against some of the other contenders? And I know, I know of course Fox is more NFC, but you know, you, you watch all these teams, you know, everybody saw the same thing from the chiefs last night. They got the ball back with two minutes left. And we all giggled about the fact that the chargers would give them the ball back with two minutes left. We just said, Yep. You know, we, this is inevitable. This is what we know what's going to happen here. Um, do you have a sense for how the Ravens might stack up with the Chiefs, the Bills, the top dogs in the AFC right now? I think the Chiefs are above everybody else right now with the Bills a notch below, and I think that depends on how the elbow of Josh Allen feels. That, that to me, is the, the biggest question mark right now with the Bills is, is Josh Allen going to be completely healthy as the season goes along? If he is, then the Bills are right there in that mix as well. But there's nobody in the game right now that has a better rapport than Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It makes a great difference Insane. in these games. They just do, they do weird things and that nobody else can do. And, and, and that sets them apart, and it sets that team apart right now from everybody else in the AFC. I think the Ravens are in that next tier, and that next tier is good enough to win games, and it's good enough to win games in the playoffs, especially with the Roquan Smith edition. I, I just cannot tell you how impressed I am yeah. with – what that defense looks like with him versus without him. They were good without him. They're really good with him right now. And he makes Patrick Queen so much better. He's going to make Justin Houston even better. And Justin Houston looks like Justin Houston of 23 years old instead of 33 or whatever he is. I just, this is a defense that has the potential to lift this team and carry them. They'll get into the playoffs with that in a very different way than the Chiefs and Bills. And sometimes in the postseason, if you can defend at a high level, that can be good enough to overcome some of these great offensive teams. It'll be a real interesting contrast in the postseason. Yeah, you know, Kevin, I keep saying it this way. Like, I, I don't think the Ravens are built that it would be smart for them to try to win shootouts against those teams. I don't know for sure whether winning time of possession and trying to keep the ball out of, you know, Patrick Mahomes' hands, Josh Allen's hands will be enough to win, but... 
I know based on how this team is built, it's a hell of a lot of better of a strategy than trying to outscore them in a shootout. Uh, you, you can't do that, especially with the lack of talent right now that you have at wide right. receiver. Losing Rashad Bateman hurts. And so, if look, Demarcus Robinson looked great yesterday. Let's see if he can string a few of those games together before everybody says he's the guy that's going to fill those shoes. Mark Andrews is a terrific tight end. He's in the Travis-Kelsey conversation, but Kelsey's just above everybody else right now. He's, he's one of the greatest tight ends to ever play the game, maybe the greatest by the time it's all done. So you're, you've got the pieces, at least in some parts, but I don't know that you can say that if you put this team on the field with the Chiefs and said, all right, first one to 40 wins, I don't know how many people are putting their money on the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people are putting the money on anybody in the league. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, no, there's no shame. There's no right. shame in, the, in being the Ravens right. in that conversation. Very few are going to outscore the Chiefs. Right, that's the reality of it. They are just a little bit different. Uh, Kevin, I know you're the busiest man in show business. It is, however, holiday week. Like, do you... Do you get a day or do you have to go to a basketball tournament somewhere? Like, what does this week look like in Kevin Kugler's life? I've got basketball tonight in Iowa City. I've got basketball Wednesday in Bloomington, Indiana. I've got Thanksgiving football for Westwood One in Detroit on Thursday. And then our Fox crew is uh, out west in San Francisco this week for the Saints and Niners. So, no, is the short answer to your question. <laughs> Not this week. Next week a little better, but this week is uh, is very very busy. I'm, I'm sure you would prefer to spend Thanksgiving with some family, but heck, man, you know this. We we call it work. We all know it ain't really work. Uh, we are all very fortunate to be in this business and be able to do these things. I understand that. And heck, man, all of a sudden it looks like maybe some trips to College Park, Maryland, might be a bit more interesting this season later I'm, on. I'm- yeah. I'm telling you, he looks pretty good early. Yeah, I, I love Kevin Willard. I think he's a fantastic coach, and I think that's going to be a real interesting team. Everybody slept on that Maryland team. They have some pieces, and they have a real good coach to manage those pieces this year. I, they looked really good this weekend. At Kevin Kugler on Twitter is how you follow him. Kevin, really appreciate you taking the time. Enjoyed you and Mark being here in Baltimore yesterday. Thanks so much for doing this this morning. Uh, you bet, Glenn. Have a great day. Kevin Kugler with us here on GCR after he called Ravens Panthers yesterday in Baltimore. Um, all right, so this just came across. Uh, my friend Cordell Woodland from 105.7 The Fan shared a message that he got from FanDuel. It reads, this is significant. Betting will be available in Maryland from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. Let me read it. All online sportsbook operators are currently participating in a mandated demonstration by the Maryland regulator. Betting and cashing out active bets is temporarily unavailable until 2 p.m. on November 21st. That would be today. today. (laughs) Now. It's a very oddly worded message because it says from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Like, why wouldn't it be available at 10:02 p.m.? Like, why could we only bet? I'm, I don't, I don't know if this is like a soft launch of sports betting today, and then the full. Because again, we've been working under the assumption that Wednesday was the date where everything would go live. So I don't know if this is a soft launch type of deal today that they're doing in order to like let everybody experiment, make sure they got all their ducks in a row. I'm not really sure. But I would think that if they're going to start letting you bet at 2 p.m. today, that you could probably be – it might be that it's just when they're turning things on. And they're just saying, let's go. I say all of that because I have been assuming that you would have until Wednesday 
to take advantage of the incredible sign-up offers that we have compiled for you at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. But I'm no longer certain that's the case. It might very well be that come 2 o'clock today, those sign-up offers, those pre-registration bonuses, because let's make that very clear, that's what they are. They're pre-registration bonuses. You'll still get the sign-up offers, but those pre-registration bonuses might be gone come 2 o'clock. So if I were you, I would dart to pressboxonline.com slash offers, says the man who is literally going to do it during the commercial break. Admittedly, I've been a little bit behind, had a lot going on this weekend, thought I had a little bit more time. When we hit this commercial break, your pal Glenn is going to be going to pressboxonline.com offers and signing up for all three of the offers that are currently available. And we're talking about up to $500 worth of pre-registration bonuses. And I'm signing up for all of them. I would encourage you to do the same. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. And to be clear, this might be it. <laughs> I'm still not 100% certain of what this means. It, it, I, don't, I don't know. It's very odd. But I would go do it quickly because I don't know if they will all be disappearing this afternoon or if you'll have until Wednesday. So maybe don't mess around with it. Maybe go ahead and get signed up, and perhaps when the uh, the soccer match kicks off this afternoon, you'll be able to live bet it uh, right here legally in the state of Maryland, which sounds great to me. I mean, I said it sounds great. It also sounds like a nightmare. It sounds like your pal Glenn might end up in a lot of trouble. Uh, you ended up hitting your your bet that from – how'd that go? Oh, yeah, yeah, the over. I had the over in – Because uh, you got it at the smaller number. I did, yeah. Right, when we thought the game might have been played in the snow. So you got that one. I got my parlay of Ravens scoring first and winning the game outright. Never a doubt. Keep trying to tell you. Yeah, it was a little bit awkward when the Ravens weren't scoring. <laughs> I had a dream. As like, a Saturday score night. first better – I thought I, like I had a dream that it was zero zero in the third quarter, and like I texted my friends, That's I was like, I, I just had a really bad dream that, that the Ravens. Happen. I know it felt like it was, well, it was way happen. better than being down fourteen to nothing in the third yeah. quarter still. Um, but I got mine as well. Uh, I'm this afternoon. I've got a parlay bet in. Uh, if you follow the live casino and hotel on social media, you'll know what my parlay bet is for uh, USA Wales this afternoon. All right, when we come back in, uh, we're just talking about Maryland basketball. We're going to talk some more about Maryland basketball. Sean Farnham from ESPN was on the call this weekend as they went up and won two games against quality opponents by decisive margins. We'll talk about that next, Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-554. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino 
Stone Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill.com Great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. So some kind of shocking news this morning. Um, Rob Ambrose is out as Towson football coach. Um, been somebody that I've been friends with for a very long time. He's done an outstanding job as the football coach at Towson University. Obviously led the Tigers to the national championship game. Uh, I get it. That's about a decade back. I understand that you know it's there haven't been returns to that level, but more wins than losses. I'm I'm. I'm surprised. I am very surprised by that. I don't know if there's anything more to it. Uh, I'll try some point today reaching out to Rob and see if he wants to come talk about it. But um, Rob Ambrose is out as Towson football coach. Um, Lyndon Johnson will serve as the interim head coach, but that doesn't really matter because they don't have any more games to play. Um, so he'll just sort of be running the program uh, until a new coach is hired. I am really am really quite blown away by uh, this news that uh, comes down this morning that Rob Ambrose, a Towson alum and um, someone who did a tremendous job in leading Towson football, is now out as the head coach at Towson University. Uh, we will try to find out a little bit more about that. Now, um, we did get a little bit follow-up. I guess there's some clarity. This is just sort of a soft launch today for sports betting in Maryland between 2 and 10 p.m., so you will still be able to sign up from between now and Wednesday. This is just kind of a practice. <laughs> so weird. 
practice. We talk about practice, man. From 2 to 10, you'll be able to bet in the state of Maryland. Then at 10.05, nope. Sorry. Not going to be an option for you. But if you want to bet the football game tonight and you're signed up, you will be able to do that. Um, get your bets in this afternoon for uh, the, the Cardinals 49ers game this evening here in the state of Maryland. And then everything goes official on Wednesday for sports betting. Still, I would get the pressboxonline.com slash offers and get signed up for uh, the tremendous uh, pre-registration bonuses that you are being offered. Okay, a lot going on all of a sudden. A lot happening around these parts. All of a sudden, kind of came out of nowhere. There is so much going on. I don't care for it. I don't like it that way. Uh, we're about to talk some Maryland basketball. And speaking of Maryland basketball, if you've not picked up the new print issue of Pressbox yet, you see Kevin Willard right there on the cover. Of course, the head coach of the University of Maryland. You can go get this print issue right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations where you find Pressbox. You can read it all, of course, at PressBoxOnline.com. Not only did Stan the Fan and I sit down with Kevin Willard for a lengthy Q&A about the job he was inheriting, but also we introduce you to men's and women's Division I players from all around the state. All of the D1 programs, you can see, meet and learn about their players as this is sort of our college basketball preview edition of PressBox, and it is available right now at PressBoxOnline.com as well as your neighborhood Royal Farms and those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Let me get to a couple of things quickly from Joe. Joe says, Glenn, of course I'm not angry about the Ravens' performance yesterday. I feel like one second. I feel like this is a team that is setting themselves up for failure at some point if they really are suggesting that they know that they can just play that type of football and have success. I feel like at some point they're going to get into a game where they think they can play that way, where they don't have to push the issue, where they don't have to score points. And one of these teams, not even talking about the Bengals or a playoff team, but even next week against the Jaguars or in the future, one of these teams is going to be better prepared to take advantage of it. They're going to surprise the Ravens with how ready they are for the game at hand, and they're going to have more to offer. The Falcons had no problem scoring points yesterday. We've seen at times this season Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars look competent. Even the Steelers have been able to move the ball a bit. I feel like the Ravens are setting themselves up for failure if they just think they can roll the ball out there, play defense, and win. They have to step up offensively. Um, I, I think there's some relevance to what you're saying. What I guess I would go back to is, again, a reminder, this is the outlier. Like, this is, you're talking about a team that's been a top five scoring offense all season long. The outlier was yesterday. And I do think it has a lot to do with the conditions. If it wasn't crazy windy yesterday, I don't know what they might have been trying to do. It felt very much like they were willing to roll it out there and do what they did because of the conditions and the opponent. But to say that you shouldn't just look past every opponent, I agree with that. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if one of these teams was ready to come out and score some points and that even though your defense is playing well, you can't just shut down every team you play because you want to. Like, heck, even the even the mighty 2000 Ravens defense, back when you were allowed to play defense in the NFL, even they struggled against the Jets in the regular season finale. Sometimes you give up points. 
All right, speaking of points, there were a lot of points being scored by Maryland basketball this weekend as they went up to the Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off, and they took care of business against a good St. Louis team and Miami, winning both games by lopsided scores. Our next guest was on the call for ESPN. He is former UCLA standout, Mr. Sean Farnham, and he's back with us here on GCR. Sean, it's Glenn and Griffin in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No worries. It was fun. It was a great way to get the season started for myself, just getting up there and uh, a really good event uh, on all three days. There was two, there was two games the night before the event started on Saturday, but really good teams. And I think all four of those teams that played uh, through the course of the weekend will probably end up being in the NCAA tournament, which should probably excite Terps fans even a little bit more after the way that they play. Yeah, I, I think coming into the weekend, the one that you would have felt the weakest about of the four would have been Maryland. And now all of a sudden, holy smokes. Uh, Sean, with that being said, did you see that coming? I mean, this was a team that had played well, obviously, in their first three games, but they had played well against you know very minimal uh, opposition. Um, did you see this type of performance this weekend coming against, to your point, two pretty quality and well-coached basketball teams? Of course I did, because I'm a savant. No, no, I did not. Uh, look, I mean, when you when you look at the film and you watch the games leading into the tournament, uh, they, they were shooting 25% from beyond the arc right. of the game headed into the event. They knocked down nine three-pointers in the first half against St. Louis. St. Louis had just beaten Murray State, who's a really good team, uh, beat Memphis, who's a pretty solid team again this season. And you're thinking, okay, they're, they're battle-tested. They've got an elite-level guard in Yuri Collins. Uh, certainly this is going to be diff this isn't just going to be a walkover, but it was. Um, and, and I think in large part, I just think the ball movement was elite. Uh, I, I think everything that Maryland did throughout the course of this tournament, you can get excited about. Um, and it's an embodiment of the message that has been, been discussed since day one of Kevin Willard's or, and the changing of effort, the changing of culture, uh, the understanding of what is expected and, and what is demanded uh, on a daily basis. It, it, the fruits of that labor came through, and and I thought they were a better shooting. When I, when I w started watching, I was actually more shocked with the way they shot the first three games than I was how they shot the last two. Really? I thought coming into the year that they would be a better shooting team than they showed in the first three games. And now that kind of, that kind of played out, but I would also say the quality of three-point shot and the ball movement in which I saw that led to those shots was much better over the course of the weekend than it was in the first three games. Um, obviously, Dante Scott was just insane over the course of the weekend. This is a guy that I think since he arrived, we looked at and we saw the skill, we saw the body composition, we saw all of the things that can make this into a high-level player. But what we're seeing now this season, it, it really feels like we're talking about the arrival of a star in this sport. Well, and he certainly has the makeup to do that. And we saw that as far as the point production goes, his ability to get on with rebounds, all the things that he did uh, over the course of the weekend, really strong. I think the biggest thing, and I kind of try to make this point throughout the course of the broadcast, was um, efficiency. You know, mm -hmm. so often we talk about stars at the college level that go to the next level. And anytime you go up, whether it's high school to college, college to, to pros, right, the level of efficiency in which you play with has to increase. And when you look at his numbers from a season ago, well documented, he struggled from beyond the arc, although he was great the season before that. And, and now you, you, you kind of sometimes when you feel like I've moved up the depth chart, I've moved up and I've got, I'm, on the, I'm on the scouting report a little bit higher, I've got to assume this role, I've got to be that guy, and there's uncertainty in the coaching position like it was a, a season ago, um, you know, things can get lost. 
your discipline get, can get lost a little bit as far as understanding the efficiency in which you have to play with. I think Kevin Willard has done a tremendous job across the board, but in particular with Dante Scott, seeing like your numbers are going to come as long as you are efficient, as long as you are playing hard. He often says, listen, if you play hard and compete at the defensive end of the floor, I don't care what shot you take at the offensive end of the floor. Sure. Uh, and what happens is you create energy off your defense. So often players today think they create energy off their offense. You create energy off of stops. You create energy off of hustling at the defensive end of the floor. And that's when good things start to really happen at the offensive end. And I think Dante Scott has figured that out. I think his teammates and the way that they share the ball and the consistency in which we see as far as multiple players in double figures, it makes it hard just to game plan and say, okay, hey, let's take Scott out of the equation. Well, if you take Scott out of the equation, now all Reese is going on. You're like, wait, right. hold on, let's take, right. try, to, try to get Reese out of the equation. And then uh, Hakeem Hart is running all over the floor making great plays. And you're like, okay, well, now we've got to worry about him. So because of their balance, it actually will help Dante Scott throughout the course of the season. Yeah, Sean Farnham, he's with us here on GCR. You bring up Juju Reese, man. I, you know, we, we already liked what we saw from Juju Reese a season ago, but Kevin Willard told us every time anybody would listen about how much improved Juju Reese was. And, you know, I, I think we're really starting to see this. Th- this dude has truly come into his own as a sophomore and is becoming the type of kind of imposing presence that I think a lot of us thought he had the opportunity to be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the stats box score in front of me from yesterday, but I think he only missed one shot the whole game. Right. I mean, he just right. he, he was great. Um, but you know what impressed me even more than the shots or the rebounds? Uh, there was two plays. One was a blocked shot late in the game. He closed out to the three-point line yesterday, blocked the shot, then sprinted back in and got the steal and, and took away the passing lane because he kind of got out of position on the blocked shot. They corralled the ball and drove it straight to the center of the floor and were looking to dump it down in a small window for an easy layup, and he jumped right in front of him, uh, the offensive player, and stole the ball. And that's just that's effort. The one, that play really stood out to me. Two, his passing. Backdoor cut on night one. He caught the ball at the elbow, turned and face, And backdoor cut, I think Hakeem Hart was the one that scored the layup off of it. Um, and then a couple of times yesterday, catching the ball down low on the block, and they, when they did bring a double team to him, he was able to find shooters on the opposite side or kick out to wide-open shooters uh, and help facilitate offense as well. And I think that in the modern-day big, you have to be able to do multiple things. You cannot just do one thing well. Uh, you have to be able to impact the game in a variety of ways. And, and I don't care who he's playing against. I think he, he, because of his effort, because of his, his improved passing, uh, I think he's going to have a big season this year. Um, Donald Carey, how much do you feel like he's I – mean, we're going to get to Kevin Willard here in a second, what he's done, as you alluded to, in changing the program. But – it, it feels like that young man has really brought something that makes this team a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he came into the game obviously struggling from beyond the arc the two games of the weekend and then kind of found himself. I mean, shooting 14% heading into the weekend from three. Oh, I think he was like two of 14. He had two, yeah. two made three-pointers yeah. in the first half against St. Louis. You know, so he's, he's starting to find his rhythm. Um, and, and I think that he can add that. I think you go back to those Georgetown numbers and you see 13 and a half points per game. And you're like, man, you know, if we get 13 and a half points per game, that's, that's pretty good. He had nine in the first half yesterday. Uh, it, it, it starts to spread open the floor. You need, for, for Reese, you need guys on the outside hitting shots. For Scott, you need guys hitting out uh, shots. His versatility, he can shoot shots but he, uh, from the outside, but he's also good with his back to the basket, getting that middle portion of the paint. So you need to open up that lane and open up that scene. And that happens when you have shooters around the perimeter. 
Uh, and I think Kerry's going to be a guy that's going to average about 11 points per game when it's all said and done this season. And I think he's starting to really find himself within this offense. And it's tough when we have new faces and, and, and so much of this we see across college basketball. I mean, look at the last seven days for, for Colorado. They lose to Grambling. They beat Tennessee. They lose to UMass. They beat Texas A&M, and they get walloped by Boise State. That's the last seven days. But do you know if Colorado's good or not? I right. don't. No, no clue. You know, yeah, I mean, no clue. It, 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 and we're seeing this across the country. So there is massive inconsistencies uh, early in the season. And because of transfers, because of guys learning these rules, new systems, and a lot of times when a new coach comes in and you're playing in a new system for a coach, it's also the words that they use. Like so often we think, oh, it's just, it's just a new system. No, it's words. Like how, what, what is, how do we call that coverage on that screen? Well, at my old school, we called it this. Yeah, well, we don't call it that here. We call it this. <laughs> right. And if, you, and if you call it that, nobody else on this team is going to understand what you're saying. And, and those are the small details that happen beyond, behind closed doors that people sometimes don't take into account in a player's transition and understanding exactly how they, they got to fit and how level of comfortable, how comfortable they are within that system. How do you define, you know, we referenced, obviously, the culture change. How do you define exactly what it is that's different with Kevin Willard now with Maryland basketball? Like, is there something that you're seeing that you're saying, boy, and I'm not trying to take a shot at Mark Turgeon or something like that, but this this is how you can already see that this program is different than it was over the course of the last few years. Your team takes on the demeanor of the head coach. Um, And I like Turch. I've always liked Turch. Um, But... Kevin Willard's got some bite to him. He has some edge to him. And um, I, I, I think that this team is embodying that. I think they have an edge. And sometimes that edge, is, it's easier to, to, to sink the hooks in and, and, and catch the fish uh, when you've had a year like they had last year. Um, and you, you, you have plenty of video evidence to, to put your thumb down as a hmm. coach. Hmm. You have plenty of video evidence to show them and say, that's not acceptable. And yet, you, throughout the course of practices, you're creating new video evidence of showing them how effort, how focus, how you know, playing with that edge leads to success. And even in the celebration that you saw in the locker room that they posted on their Twitter account, there's a level of excitement, and there should be, because you won a tournament. And anytime you won a championship, it's good. But did you get a sense that that team was satisfied and feels like they are, they've arrived? That's a great or do point. you feel like they, they think they've taken a step? And, and my sense was they feel like they've taken a step. This was nice, and that's it. It's not like, we've oh, my gosh, look what we've done. Now, they have to handle success. That's the next evolution of this, right? Because you have a bunch of players that have transferred in, that have come from programs that had no success, were loser, losing records, sub-500 records when they were playing there. And now you're joining the team that had massive inconsistencies last year. And now you've got to try to, okay, now we've had some success. How do we handle success? We've won. We beat teams that are going to go to play in the NCAA tournament. How do we handle this moving forward? The schedule is about to pick up in the early portion of December. When you, you look at the, I think it's Illinois, Wisconsin, Tennessee, UCLA, uh, all in a row. That's when business is going to pick up and you're going to really find out a lot it's about a, this team. It's a daunting four-game stretch, they, yeah. If they focus on the defensive end and they, they play with this kind of edge, I, I think that they've got a chance to win all of those games. I'm not saying they're going to win all right. those games, but they will have a chance to win all of those games. And, and I think that's what you're, you're starting to build towards 
as you enter conference play starting early in December with those two games and then those two pivotal non-conference games against two teams that are second weekend teams in the NCAA tournament. You're going to know a lot after those four games are done. It's it's a hell of a stretch. Before I let you go, Sean, I want to go back, just sort of end this the way you started it. You, you threw out that all four of these teams are NCAA tournament teams. I think you know that at the beginning of the season, most people looked at Maryland and said, yeah, that's that's not reasonable. It's not reasonable for the expectation for this team to be that they're an NCAA tournament team, which, of course, never means that it's impossible, that you couldn't figure something out. We've talked a lot around here about you know, Iowa State and an amazing turnaround from two wins to the Sweet 16. Is it? Do you really truly feel now after seeing it this weekend that it's reasonable for that to be the expectation for this group, that they should be competing to be an NCAA tournament team? Yes, without question. And, and, and I, I think everybody in that locker room looking at each other today is telling each other, we can go play in the NCAA tournament this year. And they're, they've talked about it, but now they're actually believing it. And, and I think that that's, that's the good thing. Because Jerry West always said, you know, if you don't have confidence in your game, you have nothing. And I think this is a team that's, that's gaining confidence. And my hope is that their mental edge continues to, to have that thumb be pressed down and going, okay, we've got this. And um, the pieces are there. The pieces are there. The coach is there. Uh, and, and I think that the, the fan base, the passionate fan base that is the Terps, including Brandon Warren, who was sitting behind me on Saturday's <laughs> game yelling his head off, um, is, going, is going to uh, really embrace this team because I think it's going to embody a style of play that is conducive to that area of the country, uh, conducive to winning inside the Big Ten. Um, and, and, is, and, and Coach Willard is outstanding. He's one of the best coaches in the country. We saw what he was able to accomplish at Seton Hall. There's no reason to believe that he will not at least accomplish the same thing uh, at Maryland moving forward. Nah, we've been really impressed in our uh, early conversations with him. He's remarkable. Uh, Sean, I know it's about the busiest week in the world when it comes to college basketball. Are you in studio? Are you out somewhere doing games this week? What's your schedule look like for Thanksgiving week? I made the short drive over from the Mohegan Sun, and I'm in Bristol, Connecticut, for the next 12 days. Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun here in Bristol. Uh, cafeteria turkey is going to be un- unbelievable <laughs> on Thursday. Uh, hey, man, this is Champ Week is the biggest week. I'm with you. This is basketball. this is one of the the great weeks. I talk about this a lot. We always talk about the first week of the tournament, and that's a great week. I love Labor Day weekend as a sports fan because it's college football, and I'd like tennis. I'm a U.S. Open guy. But this week where you got basketball from like noon to, to 2 a.m. every night of the week somewhere in the world, it's, it's hard to beat that, man. It is a really fun week. Well, and, and, and you add in the normal tournaments of, of Maui and Atlantis, which are always great. Yep. And then this year we have the PK Invitational out in Portland that has, I mean, the potential matchups are just silly that we may see there. You can see a Carolina, Michigan State, Carolina, Alabama. You can see a Duke-Gonzaga uh, final. I mean, it, it's going to be... Great games, and we're and college basketball has done a great job of scheduling, like the Kentucky Gonzaga game late last night, yeah. to try to cut through the NFL and college football uh, with these marquee games. And, and I credit these coaches for playing these big time games uh, that people want to see because that's what we need for our sport to be relevant. Uh, and, and to be quite honest with you, as a competitor, as a player, those are the games you really want to play in. No offense to American University. But that's not who you want to play I get if you're it. at UCLA yep. or you're at Maryland. No doubt. No doubt. It's an exciting stretch, man. At Sean Farnham on Twitter is how you follow him. Sean, really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning, man. We'd love to do it again during the season, all right? Anytime, fellas. You have a good rest of your show. Thank you, man. Sean Farnham from ESPN checking in with us after he was on the call as Maryland went up to uh, Connecticut, won a couple of nice games, and, and he's recalibrating expectations now and says 
now you expect them to be an NCAA tournament team. You know, that's 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 a heavy it's a heavy expectation to lay uh on a coach in his first year at a program. Um but yeah, he's what he's 100% right about is if they play the way they did this weekend, they're absolutely capable of beating just about anybody on their schedule. There is no doubt about that. UCLA actually lost a couple of games out in Vegas. Good good teams. They lost to uh, Illinois and Baylor, I believe. In that tournament out in uh, Vegas, which was loaded, it was uh, UCLA, Baylor, uh, Illinois, and Virginia. I believe Virginia beat Illinois in the title game, and UCLA lost to Baylor in the consolation game. But the loaded field out in Vegas this week. So UCLA took a couple of L's out there. All right. uh, Into hour number two of the program. We come back in. We'll recap uh, picks, and then we will dish out some pats on the ass. We need yours. At Glenn Clark Radio is how you get in. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 29th at Mother's Peninsula Grill, 969 Ritchie Highway in Arnold. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is 
really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we move into our number two of the program. Today's show is also brought, you know, just one more reminder. Soft launch today. Online sports betting, a thing. A real thing coming on Wednesday in Maryland. And this is your final opportunity to take advantage of the pre-registration bonuses right now. From FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM. Up to $500 in pre-registration incentives are available for you if you go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now. Now! Go get signed up. Make sure you don't miss out. You're going to feel very stupid if you get to Wednesday and you're like, oh, I want to bet, but... I missed out on the 500 bucks. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Pressboxonline.com slash offers right now. Let's recap the week that was in picks. Our picks recap is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. A reminder that when sports betting goes live, they're going to be fully integrated with the FanDuel Sportsbook. So you will be able to deposit money into your online account in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. You'll be able to collect your winnings in the Sportsbook, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. will be fully integrated so that essentially your phone will become your bet pad. It's that simple. They were doing bet pads in the FanDuel. Your phone will be able to be your bet pad. And there is no better place to hang out, to watch and bet on sports. The atmosphere in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is unparalleled. We've already had one match in the World Cup in the books today. England pummeled Iran. Starting tomorrow, we'll have 5 a.m. matches. Let's go. And despite the fact that the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel will not be open, they have worked it out to make sure that the matches will all be on their 100-foot media wall. And, of course, you'll be able to get your bets in on the self-service kiosks or, starting on Wednesday, via your FanDuel app on your phone here in the state of Maryland. So you will have that chance to hang out, watch, and bet on all of the matches in the World Cup including this afternoon when the USA takes on Wales in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. All right. Um, not a not a dynamic week for anyone. Nobody better than 5-4. and four. Not a terrible week for anyone, but not a lot of movement, I would say, in picks this week is the yeah. best way to describe it. I go through it pick by pick. I'm an idiot. This one's the one I regret the most because I literally wrote in a column last week that I would not be shocked at all if... Navy beat UCF outright. 
And then I didn't pick them to cover. <laughs> 16 and a half. Because I'm a dope. The stupidest person alive. Navy, of course, uh, pulls off the stunner. Um, backing up what they did in the second half against Notre Dame. Uh, they had Xavier Arline back. Uh, Daba Fafana running everywhere. John Marshall, a monster defensively. Navy beats UCF. Uh, remarkable win for uh, Coach Kenny Amatololo and his program. 17-14. Uh, sort of reminding the country what it is that they are capable of doing, despite the fact they're going to fall short of making a bowl game this year. Uh, big win for them. Uh, everybody had it except for Ken Zalis and I. I was able to get it back, however. Uh, I was down there. Man, I got it. Okay, I'll pull the curtain back. Uh, AJ asked if I was planning on sticking around. And I said, I don't know, man. He said, well, we're all going to go down on the field in the second quarter um, and go wave at the cameras and the whole thing. Why don't you, why don't you hang out at least for that? And I said... All right, I'll hang out for that. My thought being, by that point, Maryland would probably be down by three touchdowns, and I would be comfortable in departing at that point. As you know, that was not the case. Maryland, of course, was leading mm. at the mm. half. I said, well, damn it, I guess I got to stick around. I don't want to be the guy that left the day that Maryland beat Ohio State. I don't want to be that guy. <sighs> Missed out on going to see Black Panther. Still haven't seen it. I saw it. It was good. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Still haven't seen it because I stayed at the game long enough to comfortably know that Maryland was not going to beat Ohio State. You knew that they would uh, comfortably uh, cover, though. God, they did comfortably cover as the number was 27 and a half. Only Griffin and I were on Maryland. Yeah. They fall 43 to 30 against Ohio State. Uh, really a thriller on Saturday night. I Because I didn't get to go see Black Panther, instead I sat at home and watched a good amount of this football game between UCLA and USC. A hell of a game. Caleb Williams is now your Heisman Trophy frontrunner. He is your favorite after this past weekend. Is you know Unfortunately, Hendon Hooker got hurt. and Stetson Bennett's just never really been all that impressive. There just hasn't been anyone who has sort of like, C.J. Stroud was was good on Saturday, but a lot of the story, of course, for Ohio State in the second half was them running the ball. Um, nobody really kind of seized it. Caleb Williams was the one that was the closest in a national TV primetime game, so he got the attention. He's the guy at the moment. Of course, there's still two weeks left in the season for that to change. But uh, USC does beat UCLA 48-45. Couple that with Tennessee's loss... And USC moves into the conversation for the playoff. Um, right now, it's sort of like there are five teams kind of battling for for four spots. Because, I mean, LSU, I guess, is still in the conversation as well. Like, if LSU were to win the SEC, they're going to be in. So maybe I will expand it to six. You would think Ohio State or Michigan is going to be in. The question is, is there a path for both of them to get in? If Georgia loses to LSU, does Georgia, I assume Georgia still gets in. TCU, it feels like yeah. if they can just hold on, it's been dicey. But if they can just hold on and finish unbeaten, I don't think you can leave them out. And then USC is just sort of hoping for the right set of circumstances. If LSU not winning the SEC, I TCU. think it's... TCU loses. Well, TCU yeah. loses, and they're definitely in. And they still, by the way, USC still has Notre Dame and the Pac-12 championship game left. Like, they still have two tricky games to be played. But it's also, like, what happens between USC and, say, oh, if let's if Michigan were to beat Ohio State, 
does USC definitely get in over Ohio State? Because, like, their best non-conference win, Ohio State's got that too. They also beat Notre Dame. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how that plays out if if it works that way. It would be interesting to see. I think if it's Michigan that loses, that USC would get in over Michigan. I don't know. I don't know. But um, USC gets that win, 48-45. Myself, Griffin, and Paul Valley all get that point. Uh, Buffalo, it was a shaky start, but they, uh, you know, Stefan Diggs comes over, has some words with Sean McDermott. Everybody's good. Kumbaya. Bills go on to beat the, the, the Browns 31 to 23. It was, uh, interesting. That the Browns chose not to go for two, right? Like they were down 15. They decided to take the extra point <clears throat> and then they figured if they would recover the onside kick and score a touchdown, they'd go for two then because if they had gone for two and converted, and we would have been boned. <laughs> but instead, everybody except Paul Valley and Andrew Stecka got that point. Um, but they got the next one in shot. This is this, by the way, why you don't bet on the NFL. Never bet on sports. Of course, we want you to go bet with FanDuel and um three three game. Nobody can score a touchdown. Miserable football game. <sighs> Right up until Marcus Jones returns a punt for a touchdown. In the final 10 seconds as the Patriots beat the Jets 10-3. If he had just been tripped up at like the 35-yard line. Or the block in the back's called. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. To call the obvious block in the back. I think there might have been two blocks in the back, by the way. Probably. I mean, yeah. yeah. It seemed like there was some whistle swallowing in that moment. <laughs> New England wins 10-3. Uh, everybody except myself, Griffin, and John Proctor get that point. Andrew Stecka, lone wolf in it, and <laughs> wins by a lot. He's now six and three as a lone wolf. Not good at anything else, but six and three as a lone wolf this year. Dallas not just beats Minnesota. Aaron Oster tried to tell us. He tried to warn us. Vegas is not moving this line. You think it's wrong, but it ain't gonna move. Don't make that bet. <sighs> Dallas destroys Minnesota, forty to three. Only Andrew Stecka gets that point. However, he turns around and gives it right back because he was on the Steelers. Uh, they, it was three and a half points was the line there. Cincinnati covers that. They win by seven, 37 to 30. Uh, well, it was kind of an entertaining football game. Cincinnati started to pull away in the fourth, had a two-touchdown lead. Pittsburgh got a late score to make it look more competitive. Um, Kansas City normally does not cover. That's the way it goes. Of course, the inevitability of it all. Chargers, very excited. They score a touchdown with two minutes left, and everybody on the planet says, okay, well, you know what's about to happen here. The only question is, do they score quick enough that San Diego, or that the Chargers still have a chance? And the answer was yes. They did score quick enough that the Chargers still had a chance, but um, Kansas City's defense put their ears back, went after Justin Herbert, and uh, he throws an interception at the end. As the Chargers cover, 30-27, but the Chiefs get the win. Everybody except for Proctor, Kyle, and KZ was on the Chargers. No one was on the Panthers, so we go over on that one as the Ravens failed to cover 13-point spread. For the week, myself, Griffin, Paul Valley all went 5-4. and four. Good thing we didn't have a side bet because we both would have been over 500, and yet we both would have been losers yeah. if that had been the case. Uh, Kyle Ottenheimer, Andrew Stecka, both four and five. Proctor and Ken Zalis went three and six. So Andrew Stecka not able to make up any ground on Griffin. And I make up some ground. Yeah, but you're still technically the vice worm. Yeah, but I'm not. You're, st you're tied not alone. For, not yes, alone. You're tied for vice worm now with Kyle Ottenheimer. Uh, but you're both nine games clear of Andrew and I'm, Stecka. And I'm getting hot. 
eh, let's ease up on all that. Uh, Paul Valley and I are still tied at the top. We're both three games clear of John Proctor and Ken Zalis. KZ has had sort of a mm, bit of a fall the last few weeks from first place by himself now to three games back. Uh, of course, at the top of the table, we're playing for a little bit of cash. At the bottom of the table, we don't want to be the worm, the one that's got to come in here, eat a worm burger, perf- perform the worm a la Scotty Tuhai, get a stink face Rikishi style, and also have to dress up like the worm Dennis Rodman. And it looks like Andrew Seca should start thinking about booking a plane ticket. Now, on to Pats on the Ass. Pats on the Ass are brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewerly. Brewerly? What is a brewerly? It's probably, pretty, it's a, probably just as cool it's as... An ad, it's an adverb. They brew, they brew it very brewerly. I don't know what I was trying to do there. Guilford Hall Brewery. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North, an amazing location, true gem in our city, just an awesome place. Great events throughout the week, live music, bar trivia, yappy hour, all of that can be found at Guilford Hall Brewery. Go to guilfordhall.com to find out more. Also, the delicious Bavarian-inspired menu, as well as the excellent craft beer selection, including the Guilford Hall Lager. Of course, you know the drill. Five Ravens, rank them five to one, number one being your man of the match. Of course, on that list, despite the fact that it was more about maybe one side of the ball yesterday, you still have to have two offensive players and two defensive players. The fifth player on the list can be another offensive player, another defensive player, a coach, a special teams player, whoever you would like. Get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. As far as mine are concerned, my number five. Again, not a great day for picking out a second offensive player, but it actually seemed kind of obvious to me. Mark Andrews was my number five. Uh, Back on the field, six catches, 63 yards, as reliable as always. Mark Andrews was an easy choice for me as the second offensive player on the list. Yeah, I put my I put him as my second offensive player to Marcus Robinson. I had him as, as my five, so I put Andrews ahead of him at four because I think Andrews, I mean, Andrew... It, he was he was big every, on every single third down. You knew where we were going, and Andrews stepped up. And uh, and I think it's you know, very a lot good of the that third we have downs were Demar- Demarcus Robinson, right? Yeah, good for him. He had a career day. I mean, it's not an indictment against him, but I think Andrews is still the better player, and he was I, nobody's more important debating to have. who's the better player of the two of them. And he was more it important was, player. Who to have. was more impactful yesterday? And I can't believe you're trying to make this argument. I, uh, Mark Andrews makes some weird arguments sometimes, man. Still, like some Demarcus Robinson really was still really good. Demarcus Robinson was the best offensive player by far. Mark, I'd still, you're, I'm still taking Mark Andrews over him. You're, and, you're, and you're having a different conversation. Nobody's debating which of the two is overall better. It's about in the context of the game. Yeah, and Mark Andrews stepped up when we needed him to. So I'd did Demarcus Robinson. But I, I, even more so. <laughs> it's it's not. It's it, a weird it, it was it was a coin flip. I don't and, know and, how you're trying to argue that it was a coin flip. That's the part I can't figure out. I mean, one of the two was twice as productive as the other one was. With no offense but to Mark Andrews, the other one was twice as productive. I don't know how you're trying to turn that into a coin flip. I thought Mark Andrews was used was utilized more on third downs, and I, I, and I, I, I don't, so I, I, I don't know. Nod, even I don't, though Demarcus Robinson was also just as important no, He was day. more important. They were both very important. Mark Andrews was important. Nobody's debating that. This is a weird bit. Mark sometimes. Andrews was my number one offensive player. Marcus Robinson right behind. Okay. Four and five overall okay. on my Pats list. Okay. Uh, this is bizarre. 
What a bizarre thing this is. Mark Andrews. Number four is Marlon Humphrey. Uh, Marlon Humphrey continues to be outstanding. I mean to try to. I meant to try to find this stat. There was a stat someone threw. Oh, I think I saw. He was barely thrown at yesterday. Thirty-one coverage snaps. I think it was. Yeah, he was thrown at twice. Twice. No completions and an interception. Um, yeah, two targets, zero completions, one interception, one fumble recovery, one quarterback hit, two tackles, and of course would have had the touchdown. Mm. Had Which, the play not I mean, been blown dead. Yeah, I mean, the idea is supposed to be in the NFL now that you let the plays play out because you have replay to go back and fix it if you're wrong. It's a, it's a whole thing. Just an all, all around, though, very uh, yeah. oh, and the whole, poor yeah. officiating. Yeah, it was not not great. Uh, Marlon Marl- Humphrey is my number four. Uh, so my four was Andrew. So I'm going to give my three. So uh, fine, I'll go ahead with my number three. Okay. Roquan's my number three. Obviously, his presence is just unbelievable in what he's doing. You know, Roquan's the one where yes, he finished with seven tackles, a sack, and a you know TFL. He had a he had a massive statistic day, but somehow it feels like even the statistics aren't enough to define everything that he's doing. Roquan Smith was my number three. Uh, I put McCalais as my number three. Um, just I mean, you know, I, I really was a you probably could you could pick literally anyone on the defense to be your three defensive guys because I went with three defensive guys. But he had a sack, he had two quarterback hits, he had a tackle for a loss. Uh, I mean, they were. I know he's been doing it all season, but they pointed out on the broadcast he's on the field goal blocking team. It's just uh, he's 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 everywhere and he's been is, great. Uh, yeah, Nobody's debating awesome. that. So, um, Goliath has been outstanding. Uh, number two is Demarcus Robinson, who somehow nine catches for 128 yards. The reason Big why game? the the reason why the Ravens were able to win the time of possession battle by so much. I Demarcus Robinson is number two. You go ahead with your number two. My number two was Marlon Humphrey. That, you know, very as good. we just said, you know, always in the right spot at the right time. Good. He's unbelievable. Marlon Humphrey, my number two. Obviously, number one is Patrick Queen, who was the best player on the field yesterday. I he was not my number this one. This is the most uh, insane Jason Pierre Paul was my number this one. Is so insane. I mean, he was also really He definitely great. did a hell of a job of padding his stats at the end of the game. Exactly. I know. He filled up the stats, so I'll give it to him. He had the <laughs> game ceiling interception what? and what? he also had he had two quarterback two tackle for losses, I believe, I, a sack. This I mean it's unbelievable. You could pick anyone on the defense. I you, don't think this is I would choose to pick the guy that was the best. <laughs> that was what I would choose. Jason Pierre Paul or Marlon Humphrey. Jesus Christ. What did Patrick Queen do to you? What what is the story here? What did he do to you? Got drafted in the first round. What and and he's been damn good. What did he Once do to Roquan you? Once Roquan got here, he's been even better since Roquan got yeah. here. Before Roquan was here, he was the best player on the field a few weeks ago, and you left him off the list. What is the bit? What is the the disconnect with you and Patrick Queen? It it wasn't the right position. We shouldn't have been drafting that. Okay, position. now that's over. Value. He's on the team. What is yeah, the he was really issue good. with he was you really and Patrick good. Queen? He was the best player on the field. I, I mean, that's 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 strong. I think no, Roquan, no, Kevin Kugler said that. it earlier today. What is going on? What is the deal with you and Patrick Queen? What is the 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 disconnect that you're unwilling to see it? That you refuse to acknowledge what Patrick Queen is doing? I, I, there are a percentage of Ravens fans that, for whatever reason, decided what Patrick Queen was and now have completely missed out on what he is. Patrick Queen has been outstanding this season. He's been even better, which is remarkable considering how well he was playing. He's been even better since Roquan Smith arrived. He started by playing really well. I don't know what this bit is. It's it's it feels like really terrible um, Skip Bayless shtick 
Where, like, I said I don't like LeBron James, so now he's going to win 10 NBA titles and I'm still going to pretend, like, I'm just going to keep doing the same shtick. Patrick Queen was the best player on the field yesterday. Like, he was dominant. He was unbelievable. And you want to have a debate about Marlon Humphrey because he didn't get thrown at, that, like, that he's more important? That's a different thing. Marlon Humphrey had a great day, but part of it was because he didn't, he didn't do anything for a lot of it. Patrick Queen was a monster. The dominant force on the defense. I don't understand this. And I'm speaking to you, but you're representing a number of Ravens fans that exist that are just refusing to acknowledge this. That just want to decide whatever it is that you want to decide. And you're missing it. Patrick Queen is playing at a Pro Bowl level and not like the way that C.J. Mosley... He's playing better than C.J. Mosley when C.J. Mosley was making the Pro Bowl and we all sat around and said, yeah, because he gets a lot of tackles? Like that, That's the reason? Patrick Queen is a force at this point. This is weird. This is starting to get really icky. Like... I'll put Mike McDonald on the list before. What? What? what why? He's scheming up the defense. He's scheming up Patrick Queen getting open lanes and getting sacks. So, I mean, so then, so, you, so, but you would think the other players are doing it on them by their by themselves. I think they their positions require more skill. Yeah. This is so absurd. I mean, I just, I I don't know, man. I I don't know. I don't know. I I at some point, I we're not gonna be able to do the list because we're doing shtick. Like we're just doing shtick. If you can't be willing to acknowledge what's happening because you just don't like somebody, I don't know how we can do this. It's bad shtick. Like, it's really bad. Patrick Queen is a monster. He has been one of the best players on this football team this season. I I don't know how else to say it. I don't know what this is. I didn't love certain draft. You know, Kyle Hamilton played well yesterday before he got hurt. I didn't love the Ravens drafting Kyle Hamilton where they did. I did like the talent. I thought they had bigger needs. But to pretend like something's happening that's n- or isn't happening that's happening is a level of weird I can't speak to, man. It's 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 kind of ugly. It's it's a bad reflection on something. It's a I've just decided I want to do this shtick so I'm not going to have an honest conversation about it. And I get it. Like, in a lot of places in media, that's what we do. Like, that's what we've turned sports media into is just do your shtick and who cares what's real and what isn't real. But, damn, I think it's bad. Oh, I, it ain't for me. I know that much. That type of shtick ain't for me. Continue to get me yours, Zach Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Hopefully you guys, you know, recognized who had really good games yesterday. I don't, I don't know. We will get ours up at glennclarkradio.com, and we will, we will figure out what we do with Pats on the ass moving forward until Griffin decides that he's willing to acknowledge. When he does something worthy of being... Being the best player on the football field would probably be the type of thing I mean, that, would be, that would be the thing that's worth There were other guys that were just as, just as there good. There were other guys that were good. There's, yeah. no, there's no question. Patrick Queen was the best player on the football field yesterday. Now, I... Demarcus Robinson, you could actually argue, but the defense was far better than the offense yesterday, so it was an obvious choice for me to make Patrick Queen number one and Demarcus Robinson number two. But there would be an argument for Demarcus Robinson. There's definitely no argument for Patrick Queen to not be in the top five. There's really no argument for not not being the top two. Hi, Glenn Clark Radio. 
Monday edition of the program. We come back in. Jeremy Kahn's going to join us as he does every Monday here on GCR. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. UMBC basketball is back at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com. Don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals Coppin State on November 30th and Morgan State on December 10th, while the women square off with American on December 18th. Experience the excitement of game day at the peak by getting your tickets right now to come see the Retrievers at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Lock yours in at umbcretrievers.com. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face all right back in here on gcr as we continue on a monday edition of the program today's show is also brought to you 
by our friends at, uh, ooh, how about this one? We, yeah, just uh, Stay on the fan. Stay on the fan will bring us this one. Stay on the fan. Ross Grimsley, Mike Board are going to be talking baseball coming up a little bit later on today. Talking about the Orioles, the offseason. We, of course, remember that Mike Bordick was pretty fired up about them not uh, picking up the Jordan Lyles option. So 6 o'clock tonight, stay in the fan. Ross Grimsley, Mike Bordick, talking baseball on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Sports. It's a Monday. This man will uh, carve some time away from his uh, Bananas Hollandaise to spend some time with us. He is our friend Jeremy Kahn from 105.7 The Fan, and he is with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? So Thanksgiving tradition, bananas, hollandaise, of course. So here's the deal. I can't do it. Having to do, it, having to do your show on Thursday and Friday. Thanks a lot for taking those days off, you jerk. Um, they to told do, me to take off. I know. I'm, they said, I, we don't want you to. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, there's just no way I'm going to be able to do the drinking show this week. I got a little bit too much going on. But what I figure we do. No, it's cool. We, we pick At some point in December, we'll pick a day. Mm-hmm. $200, somebody donates, we'll come in. We'll make Griffin whip up some uh, bananas hollandaise, and we'll get Ooh. drunk. And whoever donates two hundred bucks towards our helping up mission drive gets to come in and hang out with us. Does that work? That works for me. Yeah, perfect. Uh, uh, you know, I got the funny thing is too. Like I was going to try to make it all work. I didn't want to be the guy to go. Yeah. Hey, I got family coming yeah. in, and I have one day to see him Wednesday. And yeah, uh, my wife my wife works tonight and tomorrow, and uh, we won't see each other. So. Um, so I'm going to dinner with my dad, um, who's coming up for Thanksgiving at my brother's. And I usually go to my in-laws for Thanksgiving because I don't like my family. Um, but <laughs> you know, no, I mean, that's no, that's, no because it's, it's always, it's a little bit more convenient here for us. Um, yeah. instead of all that traveling on the holidays, you know, it's really to me, the thought of if I wake up at, at and by the way, I'm not going to wake up as early as you do. I, I had that conversation with Rami yesterday. He was like, well, I'll be in here at five. I said, I will not be. I will be in there at 5.57. That is well, when Well, truth you... be told, I'm usually the last guy to show up to the show. Really? Like, I, I've told this story before. When I first started on the morning show, I was getting there like a half an hour before the show starts. And sitting in a quiet room with Rob in the morning when he's sleep deprived, one of the worst that like i'd rather i'd rather be in solitary confinement yeah. for months than to do that yeah that sounds yeah. that sounds pretty awful i don't know how it was when you were working with drew but there were de- and it, by the way it could be either one of us there were definitely mornings where one of us would say to the other one hey go ahead and hit the music i'll be in by 603 there were definitely mornings where it was i'm going to be sitting down right as i can't remember what the song oh it was raised on the radio that drew liked to play at the beginning of the show every day it's like right as the final but he would play the entire song could you imagine being Mm -hmm. in a real radio station and and playing the entire song to open up a show every day the the only the only thing i've ever uh, even similar to that is i've heard uh like on Stern show when uh, Howard Stern's doing that, and all of a sudden you'll hear like three songs playing in a row. I'm like, man, they must be really getting this guest ready or <laughs> right. taking photos beforehand because we got all these all these songs that are coming up in a row. But um, but yeah, it is kind of like it's interesting too. Like with uh, with all of this going on, the holidays and everything else that's happening, it's just trying to keep you know um, keep it all together and and, and work yeah. in the morning show. Like yeah. I, I was telling somebody else, like with, with the morning show, it's all about business decisions. Like sometimes you're looking at it going. Ooh, am I really going to, am I, am I going to stay up and watch this game or am I going to be miserable in the morning? You know, like it's, um, I mean, I guess both happen all the time. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And the other thing for me too, is you know how it is for me, if I drink now, I'm, it's like last year where I was asleep on the couch for six hours afterwards while you were like, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go. 
And I'm like, this this mm-hmm. ruins my week. So I the same thing for me on Friday. I've got to be up in Pennsylvania to see family at five in the afternoon. And if I drink like that with you after not getting any sleep on well, Thursday night, I'm definitely going to pass out on a couch until about six o'clock. Okay, let me let me just tell everybody one of my favorite things about Glenn is once he starts drinking, you can, it's so easy to get him to drink more things that I wouldn't even want to drink. Like God. last year when we were doing the mixing for whatever, you know, you God. get something wrong for yeah. this and your drink. Like Glenn ended up just pounding all of his, and I'm like, that was probably a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, it was a terrible <laughs> idea. Really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do that this week. But we're going to do it in December. We're going to do it in December, and we need somebody to step up and say they're the one. And once we figure out who it is, then the three of us will all work together to find the date, and we will uh, plan some holiday uh, revelry, and we will have a uh, drunken show, and we will do— we It'll will, be a happy holidays. A happy hop—not bad, sir. By the way, how, what do you think about yeah. the, the Christmas present I found for you? You're welcome. Oh, I, no, I like it. It looks awesome. So. The, yeah. old, the old wiener cleaner. <laughs> I think yeah, that's, I think that'll but be... I, as I said, I need it in a youth, yeah, youth large. large. I think that's <laughs> youth large. That's pretty good. I, I almost, I feel like I almost crossed the line, or maybe I did cross the line there with the youth large. <laughs> it was pretty good, dude. It was pretty good. All right, um, so let's do this uh, this week. Let's on... not talk Ravens. No, no. I mean, if, what, what do you want? <laughs> I, I got. I just, I just, just go off on Griffin because he hates Patrick Queen, and it's a whole weird bit. And the guy's all he's doing is <laughs> playing like a Pro Bowler this season. He's a monster. Monster was the best player on the field. Um, I, I don't know. We can have a quick conversation about the Ravens. I, I'm in a weird place where I get it. Everybody's talking. You're not. You're gonna be stunned. Every call we got yesterday in the post game show was like they lost. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. gross. I get it. The Ravens can't score 13 points every game and win, but they haven't scored 13 points every game. They're not the Broncos. Like the the Broncos stink offensively. The Ravens scored 13 points once. And it was on a day where the wind was insane, and they were going up against a Panthers team that had nothing to offer. It felt very much to me yesterday like the Ravens were particularly deciding they weren't going to take any risk at all because they didn't think they had to. Was it an aesthetically pleasing game? No. It also wasn't a day where I suddenly felt like, oh, God, there's a real problem here. It felt way more to me like they just kind of predecided or predetermined that they weren't going to have to do all that much to win this game, and it wasn't rith- worth taking any risk whatsoever given the conditions. Well, let's be honest. Like, I mean, football is just its weird. Like, we, we see strange things happen every week, teams that beat other teams that have no business doing it. I think the thing that I go back to that, um, which, I, you know, Harbaugh in his post-game press conference talking about how, how many studs they have up front, and two weeks ago I just, just watched Joe Mixon score five touchdowns against this group and run all over them. Um, in similar situations. So it's like, yeah, I, I mean, you almost expect them to come in and just blow them out and because they didn't, but it was a very ugly, boring game to watch for most of it. And, and again, if you're all about just stacking the W's and seeing what happens in the postseason, sure. Um, the good news is they got the hell out of Dodge with a win. Now, what can they learn from that? Like you'd learn from a loss. Like so many knee-jerk reactions happen after losses where it's like, oh, we got to shore this up. We got to do this. Um, and the worst thing about this game is the fact that, you know, understanding the significance of Kyle Hamilton's injury and Ronnie Stanley. Other than that, right. I mean, it was an ugly game. They won. Um, but can this offense get better as the season goes along? And it's the weird the, the place that I'm in where because the question you just asked is it came up yesterday. And again, it, I, I'm separating yesterday's game because they, they scored 13 points. No, they can't score 13 points every game. But they've been a top five scoring and DVOA offense in football all season long. So. Can they get better? 
they're not going to be the Chiefs. Like, it's just not going to happen. And I think it would be insane Mm -hmm. for them to attempt to win that way. Like, if they get to the playoffs and they suddenly say, we're going to go out and try to win a shootout with the Chiefs, I think they're going to get embarrassed by that. It's not what they do. Um, I think this thing where they've said the thing that we care about the most is time of possession, that we can win if we continue to dominate with time of possession. And yesterday wasn't quite as dominant as it was against the Buccaneers and the Saints, but they still won by six minutes and 30 seconds in time of possession, where they've made that their number. We are going to try to win that way. I I can't tell you that it's going to be able to beat the Bills or the Chiefs in the playoffs, but I absolutely think based on how this roster was constructed – it's a better shot at doing it than it would be to try to go out and score 45 points. Well, the one thing is, like, so let me ask you this. Like, how good do you feel about this defense now? Because they just went down. I know New Orleans isn't that vaunted offense, but, you know, winning there on a Monday night, uh, pretty incredible. And then I felt like they dominated the game. They come back here. They give up three points on a drive where, I mean, there were a couple of nice plays by Carolina to get in field goal range, and then they just kind of locked down. That defense will travel, so they're yep. going to keep you in the games. And if you can get anything out of the offense, and, and I don't, look, I don't think every week's going to look like last week uh, or, or yesterday. It's just, it's just an ugly game. Dude, I, I feel like they know what they have now defensively, and they have decided they're going to play to that. Like the offense they're going to put together is going to play to the strengths of their defense. And again, I can't tell you it's going to win a Super Bowl, but. I don't know why they wouldn't do – I don't know why suddenly they'd wake up tomorrow and be like, gee, gosh, God, we just got to throw the ball more, man. Like, I, God bless Demarcus Robinson because he's been way better than I thought he had any ability to be when he arrived in Baltimore. But what would you be doing? What would the thought be to try to open this offense up? What, Where would that come from? How would that make sense? you got a good defense. I agree with you. I think it's trending towards being a dominant defense. There's still a chance that David Ajabo can get in the mix. They're going to get Marcus Williams back. I think we all know, unfortunately, there'll probably be somebody who gets hurt as well the rest of the way. Like you're probably not going to keep it completely healthy. We'll see. Maybe it might be Kyle Hamilton's injury yesterday. Um, I, I just This is who they are. I think any chance they have of winning is predicated around their ability to hold the football, to put together long drives, you know, as they get Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins back, they should be in even better shape to do that, and then to play defense and take their chances and see what happens. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think that's a, if they stack up these W's and then end up getting, who knows if they'll be able to get a buy. I mean, Kansas City looked really good against yeah, that. It's almost like they flip a switch when they want to. It's amazing, isn't um, it? And then, yeah, it is, and even without Tyreek Hill there. So, uh, you know, they, they found some others that kind of fill in and what they need and it looks like the road to the Super Bowl ultimately is going to end up going through Kansas City unless they stub their toe along the way and we're going to keep seeing this playoff race changing because all these teams that are up top they all play each other I mean it's essentially all the AFC East and all those guys are going to keep knocking each other out um, and then you start looking at the other divisions you know Ravens looking over their shoulders in Cincinnati um, they have a tougher schedule and I just think it's going to be interesting down the stretch to see who gets that one seed and gets the bye. And the Bengals, by the way, still have both the Chiefs and the Bills on their schedule. Yeah, like it's it. There's a real chance that the Ravens will have locked up the division before that Week 18 matchup. Uh, Jeremy Conn is with us. Oh, I, thought I was going to say that would be great too if they were able to do it. Like, yeah, the fact that um, if you can lock that up and and get this division and know that you're going to have a home game, it sets up everything else and. If you aren't a team that gets the bye, you can treat that last week like a bye, um, you know, no matter what you decide to do. And people are going to second-guess it either way, depending on what happens in the first game. Like, sure. oh, they lost. They shouldn't have rested their players. Right. Or, they, you know, they, 
they don't rest them and they lose or whatever or they win. I mean, everybody's going to have a difference of opinion based upon the results. By the way, this is what the schedule for the Bengals the rest of the way. They're at the Titans this week, then they're home for the Chiefs, home for the Browns, at the Buccaneers, at the Patriots, home for the Bills. Like they, I mean, those are all potential playoff teams. Yeah, so. they, they're in a brutal. The only the only game in there is the Browns, and by the way, that's the they, they'll have Deshaun Watson back by that point. So, man, they, they have a brutal schedule ahead of them. All right, uh, he's Jeremy Kahn, one oh five seven the fan. Jeremy, mobile sports betting goes live on Wednesday. It's we're gonna mm-hmm. t- we're gonna test it out apparently this afternoon from two to ten p.m., which is very yeah early. from two to ten. I think what, yeah. a, what a strange thing. Um, I, I wonder, you've been open about your ups and downs as a better over the years. There have been a lot of ups in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of, you know, Jeremy sort of shrugging and being like, oh, by the way, I won $54,000 over the weekend. Like, oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. The old casual, by the way, just happened to win $54,000. There's been a lot of ups. But I'm wondering if, and, and I, I know there's going to be shtick involved, but I, I actually am very genuine about this. If you could give advice, there are a lot of people that have been able to bet however they wanted to bet. Like we've all, but I think there's going to be a lot more that are suddenly going to be in a place where now that it's legal and it's easy, they're going to find themselves wanting to get involved and wanting to do kind of wild things. I don't know, maybe wanting to bet a bit on Ukrainian ping pong and losing three thousand dollars in the middle yeah. of the night. Not that I know anyone that's done anything like that. I was wondering if, given all of your history with betting, you could provide a little rational advice to people that are about to step into this world where they can do it at any moment of any day. I'll tell you, the first thing I always tell people is don't chase. Um, you know, not to use stupid cliches that it's a marathon and not a sprint, but the the elation that you have when you chase and let's say let's say you were down two grand and you bet two thousand on the game, the elation that you have for winning it is nowhere near in comparison for the time that you lose that, then you end up owing over four grand um, or you've cost yourself something. So like Monday night used to always be called bailout night because that used to be the end of the week um, for a lot of people. And now like everything is kind of um, when you're, when you're betting through a a casino, it's a daily thing. It's not like meeting up with a guy at the end of the week when you're doing it illegally. And I got no problem talking about that because how do you think most people were doing it for all these years? Um, but the bottom line is like, you just got to be careful. Like there's fun things to do. Um, parlays are incredibly hard to win when you do those long ones. So when you see them teasing you online, like, Oh, this 10 team parlay hit the, the few and far between for that happening. Um, you know, and if you are one that wants to play those, you can bet 10 bucks on it and try to win yourself a thousand dollars, 2000, whatever it may be, or go crazy and try to win those big ones. But um, I don't think a lot of people are going to have the money to throw around. And I think people are going to be surprised. This isn't like betting before where, you, you actually have to front all the money. So, you know, you're not going to be able to call your guy as I'm doing air quotes and send in a bunch of plays. No, you have to go in, you have to sit your money down, say, here's what I'm betting. Um, if you're betting a thousand on a game, it may be, you have to put 1100 down and then uh, you get a ticket back saying you win 2100 if you win, you know? So there, there's all types of processes and things you can do. And, you know, don't drink and bet. <laughs> That's, that's another thing. I mean, I caught myself a couple times late at night just getting frisky on uh, when, when the websites were legal back in the day and uh, betting through some of those. So I think all that's important. Yeah, I've had a few nights like that myself. I've yep. had a we few all have. that didn't I, go so I, I told one of my worst beats ever. I, I got drunk one night and put 50 bucks on a 10-team parlay, woke up in the morning, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I hit the first nine legs of it. Oh, um, and, God. And the last one I didn't hedge because it was uh, – 
it was the Clippers and the the Memphis Grizzlies, and I had the the Grizzlies minus. Uh, I think it was one. Minus, I think it was minus one or whatever on the money. I, whatever it was, it was they were up twenty going into the fourth quarter and they lost the game. So um, <laughs> it's one of the worst beats I've ever had in my life, and it was a fifty dollar parlay. But you were drunk. You didn't know chunk. playing. Yeah. experiencing the the beat live is far more painful than finding out later that you you know it's still yeah. a bad beat, obviously, but. And, and by the way, let me just say this too, winning 10 games, like, cause I bet the money line on like five games of, uh, where I didn't think a team could lose. Like this team's a touchdown favorite. So they're minus 350 or something, you know, like, so like the 50 bucks would have paid me out. I think it was like 2,500 or something ridiculous with the, because I bet some underdogs and some other plays that I really liked and it was working out. It was going great until that point. So that yeah. was definitely a weird sweat. Are you, would you say maybe try to shut the, like, I don't know what to do. If you're planning on – you know how when you go out for a bet – by the way, did you see the group of guys, the Bears fans that went to the bachelor party in Atlanta yeah. yesterday? It's, yeah. What a ten and a half. Great idea. What a ten and a yep. half that was. But, like, we had a rule – I with, even liked the, the dude that was either – he was either – I don't want to assume a nationality, but there was a brown man in the picture that right. did it as well. Right, did it as well, 100%. Like, hey. Yep. <laughs> it was oh, awesome. <laughs> it was amazing. Everything about it was amazing. Um, we had a rule with bachelor parties for a little while that like no one was allowed to bring a credit card in or a debit or an ATM card into the strip club. Like yeah. you had the cash that you had and then that was it. Like we literally would frisk each other ahead of time because there was an incident admittedly at my own bachelor party that was quite expensive. Um, so we had a rule like that at future bachelor parties where Everyone had to leave all of their cards behind. You could only bring your driver's license and whatever cash you had. And we would literally like hold each other to it at that point. Do you ever have yeah. moments like that as a better when you're like, if I'm going to get drunk tonight, I have to take some precautions so that I don't end up doing something completely absurd? Yeah, I mean, you try to, but the problem is, I mean, let's be honest here, because my, my one friend has the best quote. He's like, if you ever get mad at me when I'm drunk, don't bring it up to normal me. Bring it up to drunk me, because normal me had nothing to do with it. We're two totally different people. And that's the problem uh, when you get drunk, because you will make dumb decisions or convince yourself that it's okay. It's like, ah, who cares what happens? And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, God bless it. I can't believe I did that. But but with, with gambling, you know, it's, it's all in the same and you got to bet within your means. Um, and, uh, I, I don't make any rules per se for myself. Like there's, you'll have your restrictions of what you can and can't bet. Um, and I think the other thing that people be surprised, like I'm, I'm a FanDuel guy, so I'm pushing FanDuel, I'm telling everybody to go sign up for FanDuel and use my code and all that stuff. But the bottom line is there's so many freebies. Yeah. You'd be stupid or you'd be silly not to sign up for as many as you can find out which apps you like the best and get all the free stuff that you can pre bets. It's just, I mean, it's essentially free money. Now, I just signed up if for all of them at pressboxonline.com slash offers myself. I literally just went through and Oh, you can do it that way? Then do it that way. That's, yep. that's awesome. If you can do, I didn't I, know you had that. That's great. I went through and did that myself this morning for that exact reason, including FanDuel. FanDuel was very much one of them. Um, yeah. Look, man, I I'm excited about it. I'm I I have actually kind of cooled once once we knew it was coming. I kind of cooled on some of the other sites that I was using in order to prepare myself. So I got a funny feeling it's going to be an active like if if my two sons realize that Christmas is a little light this year. It's yeah, or it's a great Christmas. Think correct. about it the other way. It could be an outstanding I, I a, Christmas. I read a book once. That yeah. was the end of the statement. But yeah, I just I, one time I, I did right. no. <laughs> Um, no, I read a book on gambling that I really liked when I was younger. It, was, it had more to do with casino play and card games. 
everybody's heard of the secret, the power of positive thinking. Like I believe in some of that stuff. Like if you're going in being, Oh, woe is me and I'm going to lose and feel like, like then, then you're going to lose it because you're always going to feel that way. Like I, I truly believe in, if you get in, you hit early, you take that money, you put half of it in your pocket and play with the rest of it if you're in a casino. But too many people chase, chase, chase because they'll get up and then they'll get back down. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I, I, I can't be down now. Right. I'm just curious to see like when I'm able to post screenshots of stuff that, that I'm betting and, and people can see that like I actually bet my own plays, that it's not something where you got some joker over there telling you, bet all these games and you're not playing them. You know, it's, when, when those picks lose, I lose. That's no just how it goes. No doubt. All yeah. right. Um, I, I, I'm in a. Do you care at all about the film A Christmas Story? Does it mean anything to you at all? So this is a. I loved it when I was a kid. Um, the more like like you talked about growing out of things and going back and rewatching it, and do they hold up? Yeah. I don't know that it's one that holds up for me. I'm not all that nostalgic when it comes to oh, at this time of year I got to watch this, or I'm not a like. There's a couple of Christmas movies that I love. And if they're on, I'll watch them. But I was saying something to my wife, and I'm like, hey, do you want to watch the uh, – this was, like, late Saturday night. Like, do you want to watch the, uh, the the new Christmas story movie? And she goes, well, i got to watch the first one first. I'm like, you've never seen it. Are you first. serious? She, yeah, she said she saw bits and parts of it, but never the, the whole hell? thing. That is yeah, weird, so, dude. Well, I was talking to my wife last night, so then we were trying to figure out something to put on as we're going to go to bed, and I'm naming all these Tarantino films because I've been rewatching all of his movies. Um, when I get time and I said, well, I'm naming all these movies. And she's like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. And then I get the Pulp Fiction. She goes, I've never saw that. I said, you gotta be what kidding me. World? Who are you? What in the world? Yeah. I had a moment when we were out in Wisconsin a couple weekends ago, we were flipping between radio or I think we had Sirius on and uh nine to five came on by Dolly Parton. Oh. Of course I got very excited because it's nine to five by Dolly Parton. And Mrs. Clark looks over at me like, what is this? And I said, I don't. Oh, my God. Do, do I have to wait till I get back to Maryland in order to file? Or can I go ahead and file now? Because these are definitely irreconcilable differences. <laughs> is that so Dabney I, Sweeney? Is that the bad guy or the, the Oh, yeah, guy? from, yeah, 100%. Yes. Nice, nice pool, dude. Um, and so, I think he was also in Hot to Trot with Bobcat Goldwing. My. I want to go with all these crappy 80s. God. Yeah. <laughs> my God. <laughs> So I bring this up because I a Christmas story means a lot to me. Like I've gone out, I've visited the house, I've done the whole thing, right? Like it's oh really? I didn't it's, know all that. It's yeah. a it's a sappy film. It's it's very campy, but every year you get to Christmas, you end up watching a Christmas story, and it's cute, and you you love the whole thing, and you appreciate the story. So I decided I was gonna spend time with a Christmas story Christmas, and so on Friday I viewed it, and I sent out the following tweet. I said. If you're willing to acknowledge that campiness is what made A Christmas Story so wonderful to begin with, and try not to concern yourself with when the film is supposed to be set, A Christmas Story Christmas is really quite sweet and pleasant. It helps to have low expectations. Which was me kind of saying, look, it's not the greatest film ever made, but it's fine, and I feel that way. It's fine. You're going to sit down, is, you're going to watch is it. Is it one where you say it's not It's not great, but I'm glad I watched it like that? Yes, I think that's maybe the closest way I would say it. I'm really glad I watched it. And in fact, I would even go as far as to say I would watch it again. It was pleasant. There was one scene in the film that was downright beautiful, but it was just, they didn't have anything new to say. It was just really one long wink at the first film. Right? Like, that's really all it was, and that's okay. You know how we all loved Maverick because it was its own story, it was its own movie, it just also happened to wink at the first one, right? 
you're talking about the movie with Mel Gibson and no, I mean Top Gun, uh, the, top, the, no, the, the, the and, top Gun, Top Gun that came out this year. No, you said Maverick. I know, thank Maverick, you. Maverick, that thank, movie was right, better. Bad, was, was, yes, it no? was a great. What a classic film that was. This one is not Foster. bad. This was all. This was was a wink at the first film. There was no new story. It was just a one long wink at the first movie. But it was it was nice. Admittedly, I that's. Think I, that's not a glowing review uh, of the film, right? No, no, I, and that's that's part of the problem. Like all all these movies that we want sequels for, and then we finally get the sequel, and we're going, man, we waited a really long time see, for that. I was the like, opposite. It, it just feels like a huge letdown. I didn't want this. I would have preferred for this okay. not to exist. But once it existed, I wanted to watch it, and I send out that tweet. That tweet did not get a ton of engagement. It appears as though not a lot of people spent time with a Christmas story Christmas this weekend. It, it did get one like that popped up yesterday. That like is from someone named Clay Cadis, who I, hmm. I click on and I find out Clay Cadis is the director of A Christmas Story Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bring this up. Because that's I thought you were going to tell me it got one like and the guy's name was Hugh right, 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 right. <laughs> Hugh, yeah. All Hugh Janus, yes, correct. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate Hugh's work. Um, imagine being the guy <laughs> that directed a film <laughs> and after it was released, spent the weekend searching for a... Because I didn't at tweet anyone in this. Like I did not tag anyone in this tweet. Imagine being the guy seeing the mildest pleasant review you could ever possibly imagine. <laughs> like me apologizing for saying that I semi-enjoyed the film and clicking like. <laughs> like That's terrible, man. I said, well, why don't you go up to his wife and say, hey, how far along are you? It's like, no, I'm just pleasantly plump. Yeah. It'd be like saying, like, oh, you're, you're, a, you're a person. <laughs> hey, do you think do you think my wife's good looking? Like, well, she's definitely looking. Like, she's definitely a person. Maybe he took it as a compliment, like I did when my boss said, "You're not so much of a screw up anymore." Wow, so I think that was pleasant. Wow, yeah. that I guess it's pleasant. <laughs> I I don't know why this floored me this weekend, man. Like Oof. this Twitter interaction truly floored me that I gave out the like. Imagine if you saw a tweet today from somebody like. You know, that the Big Bad Morning Show sometimes isn't the worst show on radio. And you were yes. like, yay, thank, oh, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> what a weird... Some guy called in the other day and said, what is it with all the, the gayness with you? Well... This, is, this should be called the Big Gay-Ass Morning Show. And I what? said... Thanks for the idea. I was going to say. Like, I think we're, we're actually working on imaging now. Right, have you been yeah. able to convince them yet? <laughs> yeah. Guess my horse eat. I, hey. By the way, like if, if you think I'm doing radio at 6 o'clock on a Thursday morning on Thanksgiving, nobody's. Go I'm absolutely going to say at some point that I'm in for the guys on the big game morning show. You see, please do. I'm gonna do. And they'll know exactly that. They'll know exactly that I'm off. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, man. All right. I had to have a talk with my wife because somebody said, you know, they think your husband's gay. <laughs> they think your husband's gay on the morning show, and then I said, "Do you think I'm gay?" She's like, "Sometimes." It's like I'm like, "Okay, well, maybe I, it's just a vibe that I put off." I don't. I don't. <laughs> Whatever. I don't, I'll, I'll tell. So we have a close friend. My wife and I have a very close friend who's gay, and I love. This is somebody I've been friends with since I was a child, right? And at one point, she said to me, "She's like, I think if if he had come out when you guys were kids, you would have dated him." And I like turned to her and said. 
you think that I would have completely changed my sexual identity based on the fact that my friend was gay? Yeah. She's like, we're not we're not hanging out in the fort anymore. We're playing tummy sticks. No, I don't think that like, that doesn't usually happen. She was like, "Well, you guys are really close." I'm like, "Yes, but I'm like, what? What in the world, man? Like, really close? You buy a tandem bike and hang out together? Like, I mean, come on, what is like? No, you're not going to change your sexuality. Like, if you're a good friend, you'll support him. Correct. That's exactly what it is. No, I'm going to change whether or not I'm into women because I have a friend that's gay. It's yeah. very weird. It's not like your buddy's going to come to you and say, man, I've had such bad luck in dating, and all of a sudden you arch your back and slowly slide your drawers uh, down. All right. <laughs> I, I, Has I, that yeah. happened before? No. So no. <laughs> you too? Oh, that's weird. All right. Yeah, see? Anyway. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, you guys are on the next couple of days, and and then yeah. So Ed's off on Wednesday. It'll be all three of us tomorrow. We're gonna have some fun. Uh, Rob, Rob apparently has a big issue with something called Friendsgiving. Why so does he thinks this made up holiday? He doesn't. He doesn't like it. So I think we're gonna talk about that. Have I have I, to- have I told you that we're we're having a crisis? So we've done a Friendsgiving for fifteen years, but we started it and we've continued. Oh, this is a fun story. We called it Porn and Turkey. The bit was we all got together and watched hardcore pornography and ate a Thanksgiving dinner. And it was a hilarious bit. It was so great. And it was not just, like, dudes. It was our girlfriend. Like, everybody. Like, my my wife has been a part of this for as long as we've known each other. Like, she's been part of Porn and Turkey. And at some point, the bit became, like, because, you know, you're not watching this for sexual stimulation, it was about like watching gross out porn, right? Like it was about oh. watching disturbing things. Now we're 40 and we're starting to have like a come to Jesus moment where we still want to get together, but we're just not sure how much we want to watch some of the See, truly. Well, heinous- I've got an idea for you. Okay. Here's how you change it. This, this is a very simple thing. Okay. You invite people over for an orgy and you watch turkey hunting on TV. <laughs> you flip the script on them. So when they're unexpecting, like, how good would that be? It's like, can I, we turn this turkey hunting off I, and just get after it? I'm not kidding. Like, I, <laughs> I asked this year. I just said, hey, what if we got together and, like, watch maybe, like, one porn scene, and then maybe we watched, like, a like a film afterwards. Like, we all maybe enjoyed, like, <laughs> well, the, the Knives Out movie afterwards or something. What like if you put that. Zach and Miri make a porno one? I do like work? I'm a fan of that film. Uh, hug it, chug yeah. it, football, the whole thing, man. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't, That's when you find out about the Double Dutch Rudder, which I never knew about. <laughs> All right, at <laughs> Jeremy Con 1057 on Twitter. Picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. If you're in to, to, to donate 200 bucks, come in and get drunk with us and uh, eat bananas holidays, please message me at Glenn Clark Radio or GlennClarkRadio uh, at gmail.com. Let me know. All right, pal. Love you. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk next week, all right? All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you. It's Jeremy Con 1057 The Fan. Of course, PressBoxOnline.com every day for picks. Yeah, we're having a bit of a crisis with our uh, Friendsgiving get-together. because I, I say crisis. Everybody else doesn't care. I'm just sort of at the, I'm like, I'm at the place where I just don't feel any longer very st- – like, we can do it. I'm not, like, going to have a problem with it. We'll do it. But I'm talking, like, serious growth. That was always the point of it is who – could we get somebody to puke during the course of the night? Because we're all eating Thanksgiving dinner and watching, I mean, truly abominable things. Like we had to go okay, to the, I get we had the to go to the now. dark oh. web in order to find some of these things that we have witnessed. How long have you been doing it? Uh, 
first one we ever did was when I think my freshman year of college. Wow. So that would have been this is a good tradition. Two thousand one. So yeah, twenty years. We've been doing it for twenty years. Holy crap! We've been doing this for twenty years. Jesus. I mean, it was right around then. I don't know exactly. My buddy would be able to tell you what the first year was, and we've done it consistently. I mean, there's at least six of us that have been to every single one. Now we've had others come and go along. You, you the don't years, miss it. Like, you don't miss it. No, because it, like it's it, it's you friends, have you it, have it to is, do it. It's our friends giving. You have to do it. Like, like it's it's, a, it's the thing that we do to get together. We have that, and then we try to get together for a Christmas dinner. It's a group of friends that I you know think I've had since since high school. Like, well, as in, like you enjoy like the. Like, the entertainment. The, it was at first the sh- like it started with the shocking idea of watching porn and eating Thanksgiving dinner. Like in in theory, in two thousand one, when you're twenty years old or whatever, at ni- nineteen years old, like people are like, "What? That? What are you doing? Like, what, what the hell? What is that all about?" <laughs> um, then we realized like it was just weird to sit around with your friends and watch porn, right? Like it was just kind of a weird thing to do because. Like, what are you going to do from there, exactly? <laughs> like, it's like we weren't going to have an orgy. <laughs> this was kind of a weird bit. So then it evolved from there, and we were like, well, the next, the, the logical next step is, like, themed porn. Like, we'd watch, like, you know, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but the porn version, right? Like, and we would laugh at it, you know? Like, we would laugh, and I would do running commentary during the porn. Like, we would we did that for a while, then after a few years of that, there's only so many jokes you can make, and you're kind of over that. So what's the next logical step? So I want to say somewhere around like eight or ten years ago, we converted to gross-out porn. Like we converted to things that I'm not sure that I can describe. I might end up having an FBI agent at my house later. I mean, not. I want to make it very clear: nothing involving children or animals. But uh, outside, sure? yes. Animals? Outside, nothing involving animals. Right. I'm not. I am not. Um, but outside of those two things, just, I mean, like, oh, God. With the point of the bit becoming, will someone gag? And there is one particular scene that we have played every year, and we know, like, literally at this point, everyone has to walk out of the room. They're going to puke. Like, it's so, it's been fun. We've had our fun. We're we're in our we're forty now, and I just think that maybe, like keeping it up for the spirit of it, like continuing to do porn and turkey, I like because I want to get together with my friends for friendsgiving. But I just feel like again, I mean, I mean this, and I'm trying to suggest it to my friends, we for the sake of continuing the spirit of the bit, we watch a scene, and then maybe as friends we hang out, and we watch the, the Knives Out movie, you know, like something that. Just a way to spend an, the evening. We're not doing it. We're doing it the week after this weekend. We're, we're doing it the first weekend of December. So that's my thought is just, you know, hang out. Like, hang out, have a nice night with friends. We don't have to necessarily watch all of the gross-out porn that we've watched over the years. I'm, I all feel right. like we can move don't, on. Don't let your bit. roots die. I'm, I, I'm not, again, I don't want to kill it yeah. off entirely. Watch a scene. You know what I mean? Like, get, and, then, and then we're good, right? Like, we're good from there. It's how I feel. I don't know how they're going to feel about it. We're already way past 12. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you. I'm not sure that anybody wants to be associated with what I just did there. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Sign up now. Pre-registration bonuses are going to die come Wednesday when everything is official. We're going to get a little taste this afternoon. I'm definitely making a bet. Yeah. 2 o'clock. That, 
for sure is happening. I'm going to like that. I guess, I guess the U.S. is going to win the World Cup. World yeah, Cup, I'm not going to so make that bet. going to have to. Um, but that's, that's the only bet you can make. I, I did already put in action on that. Uh, well, you know, I don't want to give it away because you should have seen it on the, the live casino and hotel social pages. But I did have a parlay on this afternoon's match. Maybe I'll try to bet it live as well at 2 o'clock. But, um, Taking yeah. the over in the corner kicks? Yeah, that's the one. That's right. the one that I was looking for. Uh, get to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and take advantage of the pre-registration bonuses before they're gone. We'll come back in tidbit to bit to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today umbc basketball is back at chesapeake employers insurance arena and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals coppin state on november 30th and morgan state on december 10th while the women square off with american on december 18th experience the excitement of game day at the peak by getting your tickets right now to come see the retrievers at chesapeake employers insurance arena lock yours in at umbc retrievers Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash online and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio and if you miss a show you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts so tune into the bat around with paul valley and zach goodman every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at pressbox sports stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical debt, dental and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Just got a, just got a tweet from um, I Am Sadie B, who apparently just turned it, tuned into the show <laughs> for the last segment. Well. What in the world did I tune into? 
I guess I'll check you out later or something. Well, wait a second. I didn't think it was entertaining. It was just, yeah, I mean, of all the segments. Of all the segments that I happen to have turned in, tuned in for. Hey, today's show is uh, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website uh, for you to get your order in. And right now, you can check out the Comfort Classics menu, which is just absolutely outstanding. It features the Twisted Ribs and Wings combo, the Citrus Salmon, the Mac and Cheese Bites, the Winter Spinach Salad, Mr. Richard's Meatloaf, and the delicious Bourbon Butter Cake for dessert. Pair it with a Blood Orange Bourbon Cider, a Devil's Backbone Cranberry Smash. It's all available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. Tidbit is brought to you today by, oh, this one's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Anytime the Ravens are home the rest of the way, you can stop by the Game Day Firehouse at 1202 Ridgely Street. Enjoy. Sample some cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Register to win your own as well as $500 worth of grilling meats. You can, of course, use the code TAILGATE at GinsuGrills.com in order to save $100 when you order your own Ginsu Kamado Grill. What you got? All right, so Justin Jefferson uh, in his last 21 games, uh, two of which have been against the Cowboys, uh, and in those two games against the Cowboys, he's combined for five catches for 54 yards. Has it been digs? I feel like yesterday it was a lot of digs. What? What? Trayvon Diggs, was he the one defending? Oh, yeah, him? oh, yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. For some reason, I don't think you were talking about Stefan for some reason. No. I was like, I was what? I was like, what the guy that was defending. But yes, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys, for whatever reason, Trayvon Diggs, the Cowboys, they know how to cover him. In the 19 other games uh, in that span, he's averaged seven catches a game for 111 yards per game. Something. Uh, and then uh, Travis Kelsey uh, also now has moved into first place with the most 100 yard receiving games as a tight end with 33 after last night. Uh, so, can you round out the top nine? Top nine, Yes, so I'm looking for eight other names. Like hell, you say. Um, Gronk. Gronk, number two. That's who we passed. Yes. Gronk has 32. Kelsey, 33. Uh, Jason Witten. Jason Witten is in the top nine with 21. And Tony or Gates. Right behind, or tied with Witten. Both of them have 21. So, on the list. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez is third. One behind Gronk with 31. Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp has 19. He is eighth. Hmm. How about Jimmy Graham? Jimmy Graham is ninth with 18. <sighs> Doing pretty good. Yeah, it, start, now, it starts now. to get interesting here, right? <laughs> it starts to get interesting here. I'm going to throw out George Kittle. George Kittle is not in the top nine. He is 13. So he is five more. He would be. He would enter the top, or less than five. He would enter the top ten. He would enter the top nine with five more. Greg Olson. Greg Olson only 11 for Greg That's Olson. Bomb. That guy sucks. Um. Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis not on here. He has less than less than nine. It's a little Not surprising. Sure. I didn't yeah. see oh, no, yeah, he has nine. Vernon Davis has nine. Okay. Yeah. How about Jackie Smith? There you go. Yeah, Jackie Smith okay. is... Is that... Did you get all... Or there's one more. Right, there's one more. Uh, Jackie Smith has 22. If it's Jackie Smith, I'll try Ozzie Newsom. I don't think it's Ozzie Newsome, but Ozzie Newsom. It is not Ozzie Newsom. Kellen Winslow. Kellen Winslow. Is fourth with twenty four. It's just harder to guess older guys because you know it just wasn't the same era of football, yeah. right? Jackie right. Smith, one of the uh, two tenth round NFL draft picks to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, do you know who the other one is? Yes. Who is it? Roger Stallback. He was the tenth round. How about that? yeah? How about that? Of course, he had to go serve. Um, mm -hmm. It's the reason for Roger Stallback to, to have not been a little bit higher. Of course, Heisman Trophy winner, 
but uh, he was going to have to go serve his country before he was going to be able to play football. So that was the story on Roger Staubach. Mark Andrews has nine uh, 100-yard receiving games. So he's on his way. way. Yes, he is. He's on his way to joining that list. Might be difficult for him to take down Travis Kelsey. It seems seems very difficult. All right, very good. Very good. UMBC basketball is back. Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Tickets are available now. UMBCRetrievers.com. Some great local rivalry matchups. The men taking on Coppin State November 30th. Morgan State on December 10th. The women squaring off with American on December 18th. Experience the excitement of game day at the peak by getting your tickets right now. UMBCRetrievers.com. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. It is a busy day. It's a very busy week, obviously. We talked about this. Like Again, we, we talk a lot about what are the best stretches of sports. This week is insane because you got basketball all day. Of course, this year now with the World Cup as well. It's just bonkers. Uh, ESPN, I guess no Mannings tonight for 49ers Cardinals from Mexico City at 815. World Cup action uh, right now. Senegal and the Netherlands uh, are on Fox, followed by, of course, the U.S. and Wales at 2. College basketball throughout the day. The only local team in action is Loyola. to take on Clemson in the Emerald Coast Classic tonight at 7 on ESPN+. Uh, but the Maui Invitational is going on. Ohio State, San Diego State tonight at 9 on ESPN2. Cincinnati, Arizona at 11.30 on ESPN2. Um, all tournaments all over the country. Again, go to GlennClarkRadio.com. You can see the entire listing for college hoops. Uh, NBA TV, Warriors-Pelicans at 8 o'clock, and the Warriors finally won a road game yesterday. They beat the lowly Rockets and barely beat them, but congratulations to the Warriors, finally winning on the road. Jazz Clippers tonight at 10.30 on NBA TV, and the USA Network tonight for WWE Monday Night Raw at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, not a whole lot tonight. A Below Deck Season 10 premiere on Bravo. Ah, I'm going to miss it. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly is going to be on uh, Kimmel. Daniel Craig will be on Colbert. Uh, new or penultimate pen episode. Because Daniel the, Craig promoting the new Knives Out film, mm-hmm. which Glass I think we Sunday. should watch instead of, you know, that's that's my play. I'm excited for that movie. I think yeah, I plan I on too. seeing it this movie, the, or this week. And You're then, going uh, to the theater to see it? Yeah. You know, it's on Netflix next week. It's, but it, that's next week. This yeah, week. I understand this that. Week. I'm just saying, like, if you can hold out for this one week, week you'll be able to watch like, it in the comfort I of your own see home. I, I love the Knives Out. I do enjoy Knives Out quite a bit. I'm just willing to wait a week. And then the season 31 finale of uh, Dancing with the Stars on Disney+. Ah, Plus. Uh, wait. Dancing with the Stars isn't on TV anymore? No, it's, it's only on, on Disney+. Disney Plus? Plus. Yeah. That's a weird bit, isn't yeah. it? I, I Probably, yeah. Wasn't it a popular TV? Is it, it is. It's yeah. a very weird bit. Uh, I think Charlie D'Amelio is still What still, about still Dixie? Alive. What about your girl? She's not. She's not <sighs> a, and, and Wayne Brady, I think, is also a... Uh, Wayne Brady still a star? Is he still... He hosted the AMAs last night. Oh, that's <laughs> weird. Yeah. That's a very weird He's bit. He's still out there. Believe it or not, I missed those this year. All right, thanks today to uh, anything other than that. Thanks to Sean Farnham from ESPN. Thanks to Kevin Kugler from Fox. Jeremy Kahn will get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Anything tomorrow? I guess Patrick Stevens will join us. Should have uh, Daniel Wilcox. Dan Wilcox. Joe Serpico is going to join us. All right. We actually have a few things going on. I didn't think about that on a Tuesday. Simply the bets. Sit with the bats, yeah. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, the Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Loyola basketball. Go USA soccer. Yes, no doubt. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.